Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. You said hi, so that's where I went with. Well, from my direction, you are really high north. Yes. There you go. Oh, we got some bloopers now. All right, let's get started then. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. And we have a special guest host, Mr. Robert Monty. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Hey. Sorry, George couldn't make it today, uh, so we're going to truck on without him. So this is episode number 225, Competitions with the Full Monty. All right. Okay, so first let's catch up with everyone's week. Who'd like to go first? I can go first. Yeah, do it. I did nothing except, big asterisk, went to uh, the computer Friday night and did some simming with Steve, with Andy, uh-huh. and Steve Shaw. And yeah. uh, who else joined us? I don't even remember who else joined Sam us. Sam Larson showed up again. Um, I think we had a few guys that tried to join us, but we're having technical issues. Yeah, yeah. there was one guy that... We said we could hear him, but I don't think he could hear us. Yeah, no, it was um, oh, what was his name? Patrick? No, Vroom or something. I don't know. What Vroom? Yeah, didn't his name say Vroom or something like that? V R O O M or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I did catch that. Sorry. There was one, yeah, there was a couple guys flying that we couldn't hear talk to. One guy kept cussing and tapping on his mechanical keyboard. So I don't know. Yeah. Were. It was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. It's like, ah, yeah. damn it. Okay. They can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Man, that yeah, was a lot so. of fun, dude. I got a lot out of that again, mm-hmm. even though I was drinking. I mean, yeah. Dude, I was doing, I getting getting the aileron TikToks down at least one way. And nice. It was, it was good, man. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Definitely um, saw a difference yeah. between the stock model and the one that I kind of like played around with for a little bit, uh, which tried to make it more realistic. You know, the one I had been messed with mm-hmm. uh, and I was doing some, I don't know if I was doing autos. I can't even remember. I think I was, but I was, I was mainly trying to do TikToks for a while. Just the aileron ones. Cause the tail down ones, I kind of got pretty good real yeah. life. You know? Nice. Yeah. It was cool. And couldn't really, I was, like hell or high water, like I was telling Andy, I wanted to get out flying, uh, but we got uh-huh. snow Saturday morning. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> and uh, snow. you guys, you guys actually got the snow? Yeah. yeah, and it was like big clumps of snow. Like it wasn't. It was like a squall. Like it was crazy. I blame. I blame coronavirus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made it snow. Global yeah. warming. Global warming. <laughs> Global warming. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was it. Uh, who's next? Let me go next, because I've done exactly <laughs> what you did. I simmed and did nothing else in the hobby. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I could go next after that. So I simmed, and I looked at the gasser on the wall. <laughs> nice. I looked at my blackout mod parts. Nice. I got to do something with that. Oh, there's my scale fuselage, the Augusto, the, the Coast Guard theme. Nice. Okay, I'm going back inside. <laughs> and then I didn't do a shit. <laughs> I just looked at everything. Like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've actually I've been I've been dealing with uh, a gout 
attack or whatever acute gout attack so i kind of been just bedridden a little bit you know i still been working but it's pretty much been sitting in the family room on the couch and you know um inside this room for, for the most part for this last week so kind of sucks but eh, whatever's uh what about you rob mm-hmm. how's things gone for you things are going well you know, uh, I'm working from home these days, and uh, I bought a new car, or I bought I bought a used car. Okay, well, new to uh, you, mm-hmm. new new to me, uh, something to do some heli hauling. Nice. Um, yeah, it was it was it's uh, it was a hard debate because I've been driving a hybrid. I didn't get rid of the hybrid. I've been driving a hybrid, so it's like oh, I'm, uh, no matter what I buy is going to have you know poor gas mileage compared to that. So yeah. it was. Um, it was a debate. Got myself a Mazda CX-5. Nice. Um, yeah, it's actually, it's newer. It's a 2019. It had 21,000 miles on it. Wow. Yeah, so um, I've been working I've been working with friends on a design for a heli shelf that I can easily put into the back and remove. Um, looking at 3D printing some things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> there you go, Mike Sobey. <laughs> uh, I ordered some Play-Doh so that I can uh, uh, model some of the pockets that are on the the trim in the back, yeah. so that we can measure it and 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 make something out of it. Nice. Uh, I also I, I actually did go flying last Sunday. Yep, we got out and flew. Um, awesome, man! I'm so jealous. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was it was uh, got out with flew with friends, helped uh, helped a friend with a uh, get a CGY 760 going, his first one, and um, no, got a uh, just this time of year F3C 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 F3C. Nice. <laughs> uh, so, it was it was windy. Oh yeah, and, yeah. It was it was windier. It was it was more windy than my skill had 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 in me to be able to make it look good. <laughs> Good practice then. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can really pay attention to that model and keep it in place, you know? If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> so so no social distancing, like no club fields being locked down? None of that shit that we're dealing with up here in the north? No, that's that's the funniest part is uh, Governor Northam, the governor of the state of Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. These days he's on he's on Facebook Live three times a week uh, with all his staff and and people have asked, can I can I still go golfing? And the answer is yes, you can still go golfing, just socially distance. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be honest, getting outside is exercise, uh, whether it's mental or physical. Hauling my crap back and forth from the field for my car, mm-hmm. so. Yep, I go flying, and uh, yeah, I socially distance myself from a lot of others. Um, okay. A lot of people I'm flying with, I'm in contact with them, seeing them weekly. So it's it's one of those things. If you know, if one of us gets it, we're gonna know, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of be quarantined. But uh, past that, I mean, my wife and my two oldest daughters are all working; they're all essential, so they're likely to be the ones who drag it into my house. <laughs> all right, so. Yeah, I wish. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping soon. I hear like Jersey parks and stuff are starting to open up. You know, state parks and county parks. So, and uh, you know, our field is part of a, a county owned land. So, hopefully, that includes that. So, I, I mean, it's been over a month now for me. I just, I don't even know. Like besides simming, I don't even know what the hell transmitter does. You know, 
<sighs> just looks pretty there. Surprisingly, there's been uh, after uh, later in the year, usually August, um, when I used to track by flying, I, I end up not flying for three to four weeks a lot of times. Um, I'm yeah. burned out. I'm burned out. And so I, I show up to the field. And sometimes I bring a model. Sometimes I don't. But um, yeah, was, there was even one year I think I went about six or seven weeks and I got down to Triple Tree and I just started hammering out night flights to get comfortable with the model. Right. <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right. So uh, first, I mean, we have a main topic of we're going to be talking about competitions. But before that, I think this is the first time you're on the show by yourself and not with other folks. Um, so we kind of let's get to know Mr. Robert Monte here. Uh-oh. So, yeah, <laughs> nah, it's not too bad. Uh, so first of all, where are you located? Uh, I live in Fredericksburg, Virginia, um, down here where a ton of events happen. Yes. Yeah. Some of the best events in the north or in the east coast, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the some of the some of the funnest uh, fun flies in the east coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have to say, I do. I you know, hmm, you know what? Let's say this. It's in the central. It's in the central of where all the events are. I go down to North Carolina, have a great time with my boys down there, and I come up to, mm-hmm. you know, come up to New Jersey. I think last time I came north is Jersey and Delaware, and have fun with all my friends up there as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. it's uh, the center of everything. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a definitely a nice area, you know, knowing that you could get to like North Carolina in three hours and stuff. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Uh, so, how long have you been in the hobby? Hmm. So I came over into Collective Pitch Helicopters in 2011. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I had toyed around with some coax and some fixed pitch stuff in 2010 because um. I want to say it was 2008 is when I came back into RC. I hadn't, uh, I did RC as a kid. My father was into surface stuff. Okay. Um, nice. I, I remember I'd gone home on, on leave a couple of times. My father had gotten into RC helicopters. He actually had himself a T-Rex 450. Nice. And, um, I got back into surface and was in that for a few years, spent a lot of money, was racing everything from 26 scale mini Z all the way up to eight scale nitro Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. buggies. I was into buggies, didn't do truggies. Um, and then I just started getting into helicopters and that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. Uh, so did you do any airplanes first or anything like that? Or you went straight from ground to surface to helis? Straight from surface to helis. Uh, it nice. was brutal. It was brutal. Oh, um, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I got a Helimax, a Helimax Axe 3D. Okay. Uh, came with nice. a Fataba transmitter. It was it was a 450 class helicopter. Mm-hmm. Had uh, had wood blades that were covered. Uh, it was horrible. It was a uh, <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, all Helimax helis are horrible. No, no offense to anyone who likes to fly them. I flew a bunch, and I can stand them. <laughs> Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, I almost left the hobby because of it. I yard sailed it and uh, mm-hmm. I borrowed a friend's Thunder Tiger Titan X50 and uh, I went to a clinic. Uh, I went to a clinic. That was 2011. Went to a clinic, uh, you know, threw down threw down my money and got some body boxing time with uh, with a pro. And nice. uh, that kept me that kept me going. I found out I could fly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just with the right instructions, right know-how. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, so today, do you fly any airplanes or multi-rotors or quads or all that crap? Uh, 
I kind of do and I kind of don't. I I have. (laughs) He does, but he doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, you know, no, to be honest, like I have two Estes Proto X, uh, little handheld drones. Uh, they're like three feet from him. Uh, I flew them inside a couple months ago. I haven't that flown my really count though. <laughs> it's like yeah. flying a, a tiny whoop. Like, yeah, I don't really count that. Yeah. And then I, uh, the last plane I had was, and I, and I have it hanging from the ceiling behind me is a micro Calypso. I flew that. That was fun. It's a, you know, it's a powered glider. Mm-hmm. I actually traded Shaggy for some blades for a Precision Aerobatics uh, Electroshock. It's hanging okay. from my ceiling, but I've never flown it. And, and, and I'm actually trying to talk some guys to give me a hand with it because I'm not sure what the hell I need to get this thing on the right. Yeah. Um, and I, one of my things is I, I typically – I don't like spreading myself thin with lots of hobbies. I like to focus on one. Mm-hmm. Um. I like to be good at one instead of bad at all of them. That's smart. <laughs> That's smart. It's, yeah, I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun watching like Casey. I mean, all the guys here met Casey. He's he's into mm-hmm. every hobby in any of them. Yeah, and you guys have seen he plays with cannons and oh, planes yeah. and helicopters and jets, uh, turbines, yeah, jets. <laughs> and he was racing. Uh, what did they call it? It was a. It was like a clunker class. He was racing. He had a, him and yeah. his friends bought a, a Honda. Racing? Yeah, lemon racing. He got into some lemon racing, and yeah. uh, <laughs> he's played around with ATVs. He's in every hobby, and it's like he's not he's not bad at he's not bad at most of them. He's bad at a few. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was gonna say he's probably like me. You know, not great at anything, but okay he's at okay. a lot of things. You're, you you become a, a renaissance man. You just you're good at a lot of things, but you're not great at anything. <laughs> you become a poor res- renaissance man. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if but, you uh, have one hobby but you're bad at it? Whew. Uh, you know, I've tried it. It's it's uh, I haven't <laughs> found. Uh, hmm. I have a feeling he's trying to talk gaming. about himself. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, only, I only do RC flat, but I still suck at it. No, no, you don't. No, you're actually really good, man. That's like foosball yeah. for me. I was sucked at foosball. I used to play it all the time. Oh, oh. I am terrible at it. I just keep on spinning them. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like <laughs> spin it faster. It worked better. When I was in the army, I'm, it was foosball or pool. I'm yeah, willing to bet. I'm willing to bet at Steve's office they have a foosball table. Oh, we yeah. have a humongous foosball table. Like, <laughs> it's, it's meant for ten players, five on each side. They have oh, a relaxation lounge and incense, and a we have we have a music studio. We have like a recording booth and everything. It's crazy. You should <laughs> record from there. You might sound better. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that means I would have to get Corona and be in the city. I don't want that. <laughs> hey, one and done. <laughs> there you go. I guess I guess it's fine as long as I don't get the COVID, right? Like Corona and COVID are di- different, I guess. So. Ooh, yeah. Wait, what? but anyways, back to the RC. Yeah, let's stick to that. <laughs> stick to something I kind of know. <laughs> yeah. So, what got you interested in the hobby? Like, just from your dad, kind of with the surface stuff, and then, but like, what transitioned from surface to you know, or want you know, made you want to try the helis, right? Because. It's a big difference when, you know, RC, even eight scale or nitro cars, right? It is. Uh, huh. 
What made me do it? I, I got a hold of a what was it? It was the Horizon Hobby. It was a oh, what do they call that thing? It was a what's their fixed pitch helicopter, the original one. It's the MS MSR. That oh, MSR. Yeah. That thing is awesome. I uh, I got an MSR and then I bought a friend's CX three and the CX three was was it was his, his helicopter is in good shape that thing's awful. Um, <laughs> he didn't sell me a bad helicopter. That helicopter's just bad. Yeah, yeah. inherently bad. <laughs> but that MSR, that thing was just a ride. I'd bounce it off the walls. I would fly it outside. If it got too far away, I just chopped the throttle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a riot and. I read some of the heli magazines back, you know, they were still, they were still going on back in 2011. And mm-hmm. I'd look at them they're talking about transmitter configs. I'm like, man, I'll never get that. And then, um, I started building helicopters. I started building helicopters, helping people with stuff. And, 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 uh, I just got into it, got yeah. into it. Yeah. It, it, uh, trip fall and kept on falling. <laughs> 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 nice uh let's see so if you don't mind us asking what do you do for a living uh i do it oh, i do nice. it um okay. my I, I focus on microsoft stuff okay. uh my easiest explanation for for those who are outside and inside is if it's on the windows dvd um i i get i get uh i have knowledge in it i gotta get pretty deep in knowledge in it um, whether it's Windows Server or, or you know uh, Windows desktops, DVD. Um, they haven't been putting OSs on DVD in so long. <laughs> they haven't. But uh, when yeah, you start telling, no. yeah, when you start telling people, it's like, oh, if it's on the Windows ISO file, it's yeah. an ISO. Uh, I've lost them. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, you're, are you like a Windows administrator type of deal? You do any Exchange stuff and that type of deal, or? Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I was in the Marine Corps, I was doing exchange for bases, and then I got to the place where they were handling exchange for the entire Marine Corps. And nice. uh, when I got there, I started doing engineering. Uh-huh. Um, then I left the Marine Corps and went to a consulting company who focuses on Microsoft stuff. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I've just been going from there. So yeah, I've done Microsoft Exchange administration, uh, a lot of Active Directory administration, uh-huh. um, a lot of engineering, and then I uh, started getting into you know light touch and and zero touch deployments of Windows <laughs> nice. workstations yep. for customers. So it'll be like, oh, we want to deploy fifty thousand desktops. Okay, I'll make you an image. <laughs> yep. Um, and more recently, uh, I've been doing security. Been doing security stuff, working within within information assurance, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Nice. Getting to tell the security guys they're uh, they're not as brilliant as they think they are, and they have no understanding of how things actually work. <laughs> and that's probably ramped yeah. up, right? Since all this recent oh, I'm sure activity. Uh, oh, it really just changes who who the who the uh, adversaries are. Mm-hmm. Just changes who the adversaries are. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, security. I feel like is kind of the forefront of IT now. Like you know, everything is uh, very security focused, right? Like you have to be in this day and age. Yeah. So. I. 
it, it's interesting that things did get things, you know, Microsoft went and did their whole security. You know, you got to think security first and, and you can start to see that, you know, come out in windows where a lot of us who are, who are in it now notice that when you, when you install windows, you're not automatically an administrator. Um, you mm-hmm. kind of have to give yourself the right, yep. but I still run into products that security is second and they, they, they weren't thinking about it. And you just, yeah. you sit there and shake your head and go, really? <laughs> yeah. So no, I know. I'm in that kind of world. So yeah, I totally see it all the time. Yeah. You have any sponsors? Uh, huh. <laughs> some, right? Uh, some, uh, yeah, let's go down the list here. What do we got for the list? Is, the list is short. No airframe sponsor. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I was with uh, Synergy for a few days short of five years. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice. Synergy and Matt are great people. And uh, I mm-hmm. do I do have a few friends around me who have uh, Synergy helicopters that I do enjoy flying them. Uh, sure. I, however, do not own a Synergy these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh nope no no airframe sponsor uh you know uh, radio radio fly barless servo mm-hmm. man, uh, sponsor and then uh, uh electronics esc motors um so fataba is uh my first sponsor and contronic i would say is my other sponsor nice so um, yeah can't go wrong with you one of those they're with those good. two, that covers almost every electronics you could ever need. So, <laughs> yeah, and every bit of money you probably ever have. No, it's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, contracts are expensive, man. <laughs> yeah, I look at those they, ESCs. I'm like, damn. <laughs> you know, they're solid. I've got, they're solid. I've I've yeah. got you know uh, friends around me. I debated. I've owned Castle. Mm-hmm. I've owned Castle. What else have I owned besides Castle? I've owned Castle. I've done Castle governing. I I, f- I flew V Bar for years. I actually started a competition with V Bar, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, I've had V Bar do governing for the Castle. I've owned Scorpion um, back in the day, the Commander series. Yeah. Um, and I, I hemmed and hawed about the price. I really did. But um, my oldest, my oldest actually, Jive Pro 120, Shaggy, Shaggy actually owns it now. It has over a thousand flights. Yeah. Um, it is still going. I, I just plug it in and I fly and and oh, even in Shaggy's hands. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. The the thing I run into is uh, I value products that I can I can just turn on and go do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, for example, my Ford and my driveway, Ford Fusion Hybrid, has two hundred eighty thousand miles. I've owned it for ten wow. years. Damn. Um, it doesn't often fail me. Uh, it actually most recently finally failed me with me not driving it. The twelve volt battery went dead in it. Oh yeah. The sticker on the twelve volt battery was from twenty twelve. It's way past. Wow. Me. Yeah. <laughs> really. That's, wow. Yeah. That's an awesome lifespan of a battery, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I that value many miles products. Too? Wow. I, I value products that just keep working. I, I love products that you know you just you just they were dependable. Yeah. And and if I got to pay a little bit more money for it, if it if it keeps me from having to spend time, I'm happy. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, I think there's nothing worse than like having issues with something, and you're just like you can't figure it out. It just something happened. You're like I don't know why. You know, no. just that unknown. Of, you know. It yeah. kind of puts a worry in you, and then now you're like you're always second guessing that product or that 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 you know 
that piece of electronics, right? And just like, mm. yeah, yeah. There's there's things I've sold that that uh, have gone through warranty service, and I, I've just said I, I don't trust it anymore. Even though I got a brand new product back and like sold yeah. sold brand new product, um, you know, I've had I've had I've had ESCs let out tiny bits of smoke. Um, uh, yeah, I've had all sorts of odd things coming sure. up through my time in the hobby. Yeah, coming nine years or so. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so do you sim? Uh, yes and no. It's it's been actually a battle of mine recently. You know, we got all this extra time. So I was like, I gotta sim. Yeah. I should sim more. And right. I I keep getting into it, and I keep playing. I, I spend yeah. about I spend about two minutes doing some actual worthwhile practice, and all of a sudden I find myself just tossing a model around like a freaking child, <laughs> and and getting like nothing out of it. And I'm like I'm bored, and I set it down, and I'm gone for another month. Mm. Um, well, when you do sim, what do you what do you, what do you like to sim with? What's your sim of choice? A sim of choice is a uh, real flight. Okay, what version? Mm, I think I'm on eight. I'm okay. on I'm on the last release before Horizon started branding it all theirs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's real flight eight. Nice. You know, I think the simming thing is something I don't know that I've noticed in, in myself is that uh, you know you can't really you can't force it. It's either going to be something you want to do and you want to you know practice something or just go go and do or if you sit down and force it, that's when you're like. You're kind of wasting your time. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I mean, I kind of look at it in both ways. I, I do look at it like I should be practicing, but then I do feel like it's just stick time. Like, I just want more stick time, and I'll get in some weird orientation, and I'll figure it out, and I'll learn from that. Even though I'm not purposely trying to learn, I just, you know, mess around and yeah. like, ooh, what is yeah. that? Oh, oh, and I try to recover, right? So to me, it's just all stick time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, the, the interesting thing is taking it from the sim to outside and then taking it to your most prized model. Um, yeah. and, and, and like the things I've been practicing, I'm in a, I'm at a point where I want to take it outside, but I'm a little light on models right now. I'm, I have one. And uh, oh, geez. <laughs> well, that leads us right into the next question. What's in your fleet? <laughs> uh, I have a, I have an oxy too. It's, uh, it's still not flying since I bought it. Uh, Father's day last year. Oh, no, uh, really? Yeah. really, really. I mean, they're tiny to work on. I know that, but still, I mean, yeah, it takes, like, no uh, time to actually do it though. It's actually mostly fully assembled. Um, mm-hmm. As many people have heard Shaggy talk about, I had Shaggy's Oxy 2 for a while, and uh, I just thumped that thing in so many times, and I just stole parts out of my own kit to fix it and (laughs) (laughs) went about my way. Um, Uh, Shaggy Shaggy actually came over and did a lot of assembly, and I I did some more, and and then my OCD just kind of clicked in, and I was like – I, I can't work on this thing. I'm upset with it. <laughs> um, DePaulo actually has it right now. Um, wow, and, that's, uh, that's like the little, that's a little telerotor slut, huh? I mean, I thought Shaggy's was, but yours is getting around too, huh? Well, mine hasn't even flown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what uh, I like hearing that these small models, though, are getting around? 
Um, <laughs> it's a difference in, <laughs> difference in listening to like RCHN back in the day when it was, you know, a lot of, they flew a lot of 700s because that's where they were, you know, the, the area yeah. they were at and they had the yeah. room. For well, I would say that. that they, they did the same thing, but it was like a 570 or something, right, you right. know, like the yeah. Goblin 570. They would pass that around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. If they had one, they barely mentioned it, you know, like a smaller. I know if Dan had a Oxy 3 for a little while. Yeah. I don't think they yeah. had any really good small helis back then. Yeah, that too. Yep. Yeah, very true. Oxy 3, I would say, was probably the first, like, yeah. full fledged. Like, and you could do it. a 300X, but I mean, I guess it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we went through the. Better. We went through the what the one th- we went through the MCPX and the MCPX brushless and and then we got into the 130 and then the 180 and then 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 Oxy showed up on the scene and really gave us gave us you know Oxy showed up on the scene uh, Brain and Icon gave us a small gyro that was worth a damn on small helis and it took off yeah yeah um, but yeah I, it was last fall I. I yeah, usually. So I was piloting two uh, identical E5 super stretches, uh-huh. and I didn't really want to pile them in. And I, I was like, I need, I was like, I need to put a 550 in my fleet, and I need, I need a micro in my fleet to be able to just take maneuvers from, from the sim to something that doesn't hurt the wall to smack into something a bit bigger where I can really practice the precision of the movement right. before I take it into a 700. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. My fleet uh, past that. I'm also uh, I'm also looking to get a dedicated F3C model. Uh, kind of like a quest or like uh, full something full fused. I've talked with friends about it over last years. I the quest is an expensive model to hit the ground with. Oh yeah. Um, I'm one of a handful of people I've actually seen mess up a model in an auto rotation during competition. I really don't want to, I really don't want to mess up a quest with an auto. Mm. Uh, so I, I just don't, I, I, I can fly it without a, uh, a fuselage. I can fly it as a pod and boom. Okay. It's still an expensive model to hit the ground with. Yeah. Um, no, I, my my thing right now, I think I'm keeping my eye out for a Goblin Eureka comp. Um, I nice. figure at some point SAB will release their next um, their next F3C model, and someone's mm-hmm. going to sell their comp, and I'll yeah. I'll I'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I think they're working on it now. Isn't pretty close. My underst- my understanding is pictures have got pictures have been put out publicly, and coronavirus yeah. has slowed down uh, production. Yeah, yeah that and I think they they've been kind of focusing on the the new one, the other new model they're bringing out soon. Uh, yeah, um, that the other thing is Enio is there is there you know he's their close he's a close by Italian F three C pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he has he has the Enio edition Eureka and you know he did fly um, a Kraken a Kraken modified for F three C in last year's Worlds. Yeah, yeah. I'm nice. thinking it's close, but soon. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah I think it's close too. Um, all right, so well, you have other helicopters in your fleet now, or that's it? No, no. The only helicopter in my fleet right now is a uh, is a mini copter Diabolo, Diablo, however you want to pronounce it. Twenty eighteen yeah, version. How is it pronounced? 
Because I hear Scott <laughs> saying Diabolo, and then I and I always thought it was Diablo. I always so. heard Diablo, but it's spelled di- Diabolo. Yeah. So it's written if if you if you dig deep in the minicopter section of Hell of a Freak, uh, you will see that the name is based off the devil, and I want to say Bolo, which is a German word for spinning top. Okay. <laughs> so it's part devil, part helicopter. So yeah. it's like every yeah. other helicopter out there. Um, <laughs> Basically. Well, and if you look at the canopy, it kind of has devil horns, how the canopy molds around the uh, yeah. the uh, uh, servo to swash arms. Yeah. Yeah. That's that little bumps on each side. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Wait, so is it still... Diablo or Diablo? <laughs> I guess it's Diablo. Completely dodged the question, didn't he? Uh, I think it's I think it's Diablo. Okay. Uh, in America, we call it Diablo. Yeah. El Diablo. Oh, you, you know it's funny. I I recently joined a a, a German helicopter forum. Oh, and, okay. Uh, Google Translate in the in the Google Chrome browser uh, translates rotor blades. To the word leaves, like on a tree. Oh, nice. Wow! Nice. <laughs> so you'll be reading through, and it'll be like leaves. I'm like, oh, they're talking about rotor blades. <laughs> it's like yeah, the seven ten leaves. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, no, the <laughs> the German the German heli forums pretty interesting. Those guys get in some pretty deep uh, topics that uh, we don't seem to touch much uh, in, in in heli freak or run rider. So. Nice. I'll bet. All right. Uh, so what about your support equipment? I know you said you're, you're Futaba, Contronic. Um, you know, what about like packs and chargers and other things that you use? Uh, yeah, uh, I fly the Futaba 18SC transmitter. got a CGY760 gyro. Uh, the Futaba HC700 servos. Seven, 760 pulse. Ooh, uh, fancy. Fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then you start getting into, so yeah, uh, Contronic Jive Pro 120, and then I actually upgraded my motor recently. I went to a 5- 520 KV motor. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Got the head speed up. Got the head speed yeah. up. Are you on 440 like, or 500? Say, uh, say again? No, 450. 450. 450, okay. Yeah. 450 KV. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, that's a big jump. <laughs> that's a big jump. Uh, Past that, uh, I was flying OptiPower batteries, um, but they, you know, the uh, prices have changed on them, and uh, I was also debating some batteries. So I, I have a HRB Graphene in, oh, nice. in my in my uh, in my fleet right now. It's a half pound heavier than my Optis, but um, That's it actually. It's graphing, and uh, it actually feels better. Uh, I, I, it might actually be my dedicated like competition round pack for, like when when I go to an actual competition, I might just fly that pack, you know, for every round. Yeah, um, no, I've heard yeah. some good things about the HRB graphenes. They like you can fly them to their dead, like low voltage <laughs> and everything. Charge them right back up, you're good. Yeah, like, they, they take a beating. Yeah, I. I actually changed my voltage a little bit on on the, my peak voltage of my charger for how much I charge them, uh, okay. so that I don't run so far into my telemetry alarm for milliamp hours consumed. Um, it's pretty much affected all my batteries, though. 
uh, the F3C, the current schedule, my F3C, and, and then with my setup. Yeah, I, I got about I got a, I get about eight and a half minutes of, of flight time, and if I really for some reason decide I'm I, I'm just not feeling the hovering, and I hover longer than I should, and I'm just chewing up battery pack. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna squeeze into my time. But um, mm-hmm. chargers, uh, meanwhile power supplies, I chargers. I also have a Thunder Power charger. I still use. It's old as it's old as all could be. Um, wow. I actually recently just changed over my charger case. My other one is kind of falling apart. Progressive RC case had that uh, cloth glued in. The cloth yeah. finally really fell apart. So uh, a friend gave me a case, and it's in awesome shape. Identical case. I, I took my deck out of mine, put it in his, and nice. uh, kept on going. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, uh, I'm actually t- debating a smaller charge case. Uh, Mike actually just built one. He, he catted the whole darn thing. I think you guys saw some of the cat work mm-hmm. he did. Yeah. Yeah. And, Those uh, are the ISDT chargers, right? They put it or is, was it the small eye charger? I keep, keep on forgetting. He did an ISDT. He did an ISDT okay. with a 500 watt mean well, but I think it's easily pushing past 500 without, without a problem. Nice. So, uh, I'm, I'm debating it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's nice right now. I've got a 1600 watt mean well, and if I want to keep batteries going and keep on flying, it'll support it. If if yeah, uh, for sure. if I go to that smaller case, I, I can't be talking on the field, and I, I got to keep my batteries going. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, hammering those flights, other things, and supporting equipment. Ah, tools. <laughs> tools. What do you use for tools. what do you use for connectors? You EC5s, oh. you uh, RC Pro Plus. You know, um, I was using EC5s for years. Um, there is a way you can connect them wrongly and blow your mm. shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I wanted a single connector that uh, I could I could reduce all my wiring. So mm-hmm. I switched to the PRC6 from Progressive oh, okay. RC. And uh, I took over 12 inches of wiring out of the helicopter by switching to a single-style connector. Uh, I've been using that and uh, a few other people. Like, I just got, like, two more bags of connectors. A friend bought some. He's like, I don't want them. He went to RC Pro Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm debating making a switch to RC Pro Plus. But as you guys know, when you're flying a lot of batteries and you're doing a charger setup and you got enough helicopters uh, – yeah, that to, for me to to switch to it, it's like a it's a commitment for sure, right? Yeah, I got to buy like yeah. thirty six connectors, and it's gonna be yeah, a lot of soldering. Cheap. Yeah, it's not cheap, and it's a lot of soldering. Yep. Um, it I, maybe I, that's something I do in the off season. I'll switch battery connectors in an off season. Mm-hmm. Um, this season I'll keep flying the PRC sixes. Yeah, if yeah. that's something that works, I don't see the reason to change. Yeah, I mean the the RPC Pro Plus are damn near impossible to get right now and they're super yeah. expensive they're expensive they're hard to get for sure i mean they're great connectors everyone but... i know is plugged one something in wrong and blew one up oh yeah even though they're their polarity you can still like you can they plug won't plug better. together but they'll touch the contacts mm-hmm. will touch yeah yeah you know back in the day with rchn justin wrote up a great thing on battery connectors i'm actually thinking of mixing prc6 with rc pro plus so that I finally end that polarity issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only time I had the RC Pro Plus short out was when an idiot that was using my charger 
dropped it and it hit one of the Dean's connectors on my breakout board or one or something like that. Uh, that was the only, I've never plugged them in mistakenly because I I kind of labeled them in a way where I mean it's you could definitely do it. I still could do it, but I kind of take my time and make sure I don't do it. Now that I said that, the next time I go flying, I'm gonna do it. You watch. <laughs> You're like I haven't done, I haven't floated like I've never six done weeks. <laughs> yeah, fry. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 uh. I've I've melted I've I've melted down an EC five immediately at the field. That was actually a triple tree when I did it. Didn't didn't hurt myself. Well, how exactly did you do that? I was going to touch on that. How did you? So one connect one wrong? one connect one one part of the plastic housing is completely round, and the other one is a D shape. Uh-huh. The round one will go into D. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's D how works. I did it. Okay. I was going to say he was using a hammer. <laughs> a lot of times what i would do is uh i would put the battery in the helicopter and i would put them into like the d so the connectors weren't flopping around and i did it wrong one time nuke the nuke the connector uh, my bigger my bigger connector for nuking is actually on the charger is the uh um it's the oh why can't i remember it it's the it's the balance tap the xt balance tap it's uh, not xt I actually have I have a whole thing of crimps in my in my tool case with me. If I need to redo that, uh, redo the balance tap on a battery while I'm at the field, I have a whole thing of it, so it doesn't stop me from using a battery to fun fly because those things will melt themselves. Yeah. Before they even hurt a battery. Yeah, I keep a bunch of those and. Well, that's uh, good to know. Fours, uh, sevens, a uh, bunch of them, but I, that's really the only ones I ever use. It's really not a problem unless you're uh, uh, charging, parallel charging. If you're parallel charging, that's where it becomes an issue. Mm. So, want to give a huge congratulations for being elected one of the Urcha board members. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. So what is that like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was interesting to get elected in one of the most... Um, one of the most uh, years of the, uh, uh, what is it? Trials, tribulations? Not really trials yet. It's just debate. Mm-hmm. Constant debate. Constant debate this year. Do we have the event or do we not have the event? Yeah. How many people will show up? How many people won't show up? You know, what? what who, who, who can still, you know, from a sponsor standpoint, who can still, who can still sponsor? Who right. won't? You know, just yeah. what kind of event will it be? Um, on the other hand, it's uh, it's really great talking with everybody and and getting you know constructive feedback and or even non-constructive feedback and 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 taking it back to the guys and and really getting you know the voice into you know what people think are going you know what people you know are looking for from Urcha. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the verdict? I mean, supposedly I heard it's still on, right? It's still on. Um, there's there's some there there's there's some dates that are coming up that will be um, cutoff dates where where it'll be a go no go. Okay. Um, they're coming up. Um, they'll they'll be coming up well after this episode uh, is <laughs> is released. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like I don't know. Like, should I book? Plane tickets yet? Should I wait? Like, you know, usually by now it, I would have those things booked, you know, but we're kind of yeah. just on a hold right now, holding pattern. So, yeah, um, 
I think the, the I know things that I, I personally talk with with friends is a lot of times you're at your jamboree. You know, when you visit the jamboree, uh, you know, almost every night you're in town, months you getting dinner with friends, yeah. or you're maybe going for lunch, or mm-hmm. there's vendors on site vending food. And um, you know, as I think about going to Funflies this year, uh, the thought that starts crossing my mind is I may need to bring more food with me. Um, I need, you know, perhaps barbecuing on field or, or sandwiches or, you know, perhaps a group of us who are together, um, you know, we, we cook for each other, you know, someone may have to, you know, some guys have to take some turns and, 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 you know, uh, give up some flying time for some cooking time. And then lastly is Mm -hmm. making a pact with friends of like, dude, if I get sick 500 miles from home, get me home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, Hey man, I'm sick. Okay, I'll drive you home. Um, you know, <laughs> and I'll be sick. <laughs> you know, I'll get sick. You know, once we get home, and like, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. You know, because a lot of a lot of the fun flies I look at are like, uh, you know, aren't canceled or still going. You know, Heli Extravaganza Triple Tree this fall, uh, Urshi Jamboree, uh, my event down in Goldsboro. I mean, it's that's three hours, but you know, it's, you know, what if I get down there Thursday night? I'm fine. Friday night, I get sick. That would suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I'm going to drive home with a 102 temp. All right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's trying to plan for those kind of eventualities. It makes this year interesting. Yeah. And, and whether or not, you know, hotels will be allowed to operate at 100% capacity or like, no, 20%. Right. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I And I don't understand why they wouldn't be able to operate I don't know. I there's I have a lot of questions about this whole thing. The uh, I mean, at least if what the hotel, hotels, but just everything in general. But a hotel, I don't. I you go to your room. I mean, worst comes to worst, you do like okay, more no more than like fifty percent capacity, and you just do every other room, <laughs> like so. There's a room between each group of rooms, right? Like I don't know. Uh, you uh, know, I think there's something to be said about cleaning the room when the person checks out. But once I'm there, I'm there. I am. You know, that room is me. Yeah, my yeah. my immune system is that room. Leave my room alone. Yeah, don't um, touch it. Yeah, yeah I don't. Out. I don't need turnover service. That's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I start worrying about common areas. You know, continental breakfast yeah. <laughs> reception. Oh, that, I was going to say well, that, yeah, that, that thing's yeah. sure problems. Yeah. The hallways and the mm-hmm. lobby and yeah. front desk and all that kind of shit. That's a lot of crew to you know using a lot of disinfectant. Sure, trying to sure. keep it trying to keep it clean. Um, you know that that brings me to the point of. I may be back to hammock camping this year, um, just just to you know stay away. <laughs> I'm, I'm healthy. Yeah. Get away from me. <laughs> well, I know I know Andy doesn't see anyone in his farm, so <laughs> I'm not worried about Ed staying at Andy's camper. I'm not letting you in my camper. You're from Jersey. I mean, dude, <laughs> I've heard so many different stories about its lifespan and all this, and most of it's been three days. So I mean, maximum, uh, I get I have like different pairs of gloves, and I, I roll I cycle through them. When I'm working, mm-hmm. but I mean, they could do that with the hotels, you know, like you clean them, you leave them for three days. If there's anything in there, uh, it's dead after three days. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just do it that way uh, and maintain your social yeah. distancing. Three days or just freaking crank the heat in there, let it bake for a day and then, you know, <laughs> get the humidifier and really fuck it all up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Uh, yeah. It's time gonna, will tell. I um, wouldn't like like we've been saying on a few shows. Like if if you're going to something, definitely double check. I wouldn't be, yeah. you know. I mean, my wife's planning on going to Florida in a couple of weeks, and 
she still checks every day to see if the the planes are even going going you know going to be uh, able to accommodate her down there or if her her flight has changed at all. Right. So it's uh, and my understanding is airlines are still flying. Yeah, yeah, but I think they, they are. Don't sell- but she didn't want a uh, a layover in Washington D.C. She's going, you know, from Jersey to Florida, and it's usually a two hour flight straight down. And mm-hmm. uh, and she's had other flights change dramatically, but this one so mm-hmm. far has been okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they've been great about canceling cancelings for free, so that's why she's mm-hmm. tried and tried. But uh, yeah, just uh, the events up and coming within the, the next, you know, I don't know, six months to a year. I I would be. You know, keeping a close eye on on it if there's one you want to attend. Mm-hmm. Like okay, Urcha, I, right, Kevin? Like Urcha. <laughs> well, who who here is not going to Urcha? I mean, I've planned on going. I just don't know what's going to happen with this whole thing. So, like I said, like I'm ready to buy my plane ticket, but if it's like not going to happen, I'm not going to waste my time. Um, so mm-hmm. I'd like to definitely hear more definite answers. Yeah, and I planned on, on going, except uh, now. Well, you, your job made you take all your days almost, right? Yeah, job made me, made me take half of my PTO already in the first, like, uh, three months of the year. That sucks. So, which yeah. kind of sucked. And so, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything outside, uh, you know, family trips. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. This is, um, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah, for sure. All um, right. I, I would say, though, uh, as part of being an Urcha board member, you know, guys, if you if you got a, you had a question or something, uh, hit me up with the contact info. Probably I'll give at the end, and uh, or yeah. find me on Facebook and ask me questions or give me feedback. That's my my actual official position. I am the member at large. I'm also the full Monty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's talk about some competitions, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, so how does one get into competition, right? Like, I mean, there's there's so many different ones, aren't there? Like, there's the FAI stuff, there's the AMA stuff, you know, Nats. I mean, you do a competition in Goldsboro, like, like yeah. So, how does someone just kind of get into this? Well, uh, I will I will say, um, how do you get into competition? Well, you find out one of these events is sanctioned, and you show up to it just like a fun fly. <laughs> okay <laughs> you slap down your money and uh you choose the class you want to be in and you go fly um there there are some things you can get deeper on you know like you can you can you can get used to the maneuvers and and you can you can learn it and practice it mm-hmm. uh find others who have done it in years past uh, and they can tell you how it should look or be, or, or tell you you're completely messing it up. Yeah. But um, I'll be honest for for the smaller events like um, uh, like Music City Championships, the Triple Creek Fall Classic, the Sea View Rotor Ring Precision Contest, or my contest Mid Atlantic Heli Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, we've taken in guys who they have the skill, but they've never done competition before. They have not um, practiced the maneuvers. They may have never seen the maneuvers, or they saw the maneuvers 24 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jeez. okay. And um, we've gone out there. They've gone out there and competed. First time doing sportsman, they've gone out there and competed, and um, they've had an absolute blast. 
uh, had an absolute blast and uh, we help them through the full thing. We help them full, through the full thing uh, or, or as a CD of the event. I know like I usually I have a lot of sportsmen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll schedule up the guy who's never done it before last. And I like, dude, go stand there and watch right now. And you're going to, you're going to see it done. And you're going to see it done, you know, three times ahead of you. Sure. And, yeah. um, yeah, you know, you can, you know, watch and then, um, you know, the biggest thing is, is for people doing sportsmen is memorize the maneuver. If they say figure M, memorize figure M, uh, the order of the maneuvers, uh, I'll be honest, your caller, uh, your caller, or if I don't have enough, if I don't have enough judges, the center judge will become your caller. I'll call the maneuver for you. You don't have to remember the order of the maneuvers. You just have to memorize the maneuver and I'll call it for you. Oh, so does it work like so the pilot takes off and he's just hovering, whatever, and then you call out like, or the caller calls out like uh, double MMN or something, and they do it? <laughs> Is that how it goes? I, like, I'm not, I have no idea. Like, yeah, I have no yeah. Perception of what, what so, it looks like, you know? You know, we'll, we'll get into, we'll kind of get into some of the, we'll get a little deeper and then we'll come back a bit. Okay. Um, there is, uh, there is the AMA, which we all know, the Academy of Model Aeronautics, and then there is the FAI, Federation Aeronautical International. Mm-hmm. Um, AMA has, has competition classes, and then the FAI has competition classes. Um, and, and a lot of this applies to other disciplines as well. So, you know, you want to do precision airplanes, um, those kind of things. They, the AMA has classes before you get to FAI classes, um, for helicopters, we have, uh, in precision aerobatics, which, uh, F3C uh, discipline, we have basically four classes, sportsman, advanced, expert. And then you get into the actual F3C class. It's recommended for new pilots that you start out on sportsman because if, for example, you're really good, you can move up easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're if you if you are a really good pilot and you go, I'm going to go to advanced first, um, you can't officially move down unless you petition the helicopter competition board. Wow, and okay. if you wonder who the helicopter competition board is, there is actually a uh, one member per district, AMA district, who uh, does helicopters, and they make up the helicopter board. So there's, okay. I want to say, there's ten districts in the AMA. So there's ten people. Wow. So you could peti- potentially petition them to move down. So you can, like, if you've moved up. And then you maybe you don't compete for a couple of years and you do three competitions, you come last place every time they might let you move back down a notch. Yeah, you could make the case you can make the case at the board and say I'd like to move down. Yeah. Um I the, don't have the, the skill anymore or whatever. Yeah. The more common one that happened in more recent history is a lot of guys were competing in F3C, and mm-hmm. then F3C got really hard. <laughs> and uh, a large group of guys all petitioned and moved down from moved down from F3C to expert, uh, and they just sit an expert and they fly an expert uh, because okay. um, in 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 sportsmen. 
advanced and expert. So one, two, three, and then PSLR. Yeah, in in sportsman advanced and expert, each class has eight maneuvers, and they're prescribed. They're you know you do those eight maneuvers, you do them in order. Um, okay. In F3C, there are eighteen maneuvers. There are two schedules. It's a lot of practice. Um, you know, there's a lot of practice. And so memorizing and being good at 18 maneuvers is a lot. And, you know, guys work full time, do everything else. You may not be that competitive and you just like expert it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most guys, most guys just start out in sportsman and go and do their thing. And, and, and you know, some guys like Mike DiPaolo started out in sportsman and he hasn't actually moved up officially. Uh, but you know, there's, there's small things you will learn that while you may have tons of skill and you can go out there and do Puro TikToks, it doesn't necessarily mean you understand how a maneuver should look and be done. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, the other part, so there was, you know, I mentioned precision aerobatics. There's also precision freestyle and that goes into F3N. There are officially just one class unofficially there are two the unofficial class that hasn't been made official yet is f3n sportsman it would be an ama class um f3n sportsman does um would do set maneuvers which is you uh you choose from the list of 40 maneuvers uh and it has to have a k value of seven or lower for you to fly in in sportsman and f3n sportsman and then you would do uh, a freestyle round. There is no music freestyle for F3N Sportsman. There's been a lot of discussion over that um, because guys want music. Uh, I have flown in F3N three times now uh, in the actual F3N class because once you get in the F3N class, you got set maneuvers, you have freestyle, and then you have music freestyle. Music freestyle is hard. Um, mm-hmm. Getting music together to go with your style and your flight plan and everything, mm-hmm. it's it's hard. Um, I ended up just following, you know, I, I followed some guidance given to me by a friend, and I turn on a song and I fly. Um, <laughs> and my score represents it. Uh, you know, I, I, I <laughs> you know, I, I just uh, it, my score represents it because you know while the flight may be good, it doesn't necessarily flow with the music. Um, sure. Yeah. And it, it takes a lot of time to prep that all up. So, um, yeah, you got so precision aerobatics, uh, F3C, and then you have precision freestyle, which is F3N. Um, those are the two classes and, to compete in. And just for reference, how much hovering is involved in F3N? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we got listeners that want to know. Very, very little. Um, very little. It really depends upon the maneuver. Uh, I know one maneuver I enjoy is rainbows with aileron rolls, uh, with an aileron roll. And the aileron roll is done at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. You're like 45, you roll, and then you punch out, right? No, no, no. You just you, you so you start upright like off your left shoulder uh-huh. and you pull it over completely in a rainbow and you stop and you're inverted and then yeah. you roll the model over to upright. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and then, then you do a rainbow again. Yeah, then yeah. you do a rainbow back to your left shoulder. Mm-hmm. So every time you roll, that's a hovering. That's a hovering time, you know. <laughs> Uh, the model should stay in place. The roll should be in place. Oh, so the roll is – oh, so the rainbow is actually – you go back to a hovering state. You don't go to like a 45 or a 30-degree angle and then pitch Mm-mm. it back. Okay. Mm-mm. No, the model The model should go horizontal. The model right. should go okay. horizontal and you roll and you don't lose altitude, which means you're doing a hovering aileron roll. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in place, right? Too, yeah, right? in you place. Know. Yeah, it's technically it's hovering. <laughs> yeah, there's just uh, a little hovering between the rolls. <laughs> uh, a maneuver I actually used in my set maneuvers years ago, which has been pulled out, was I want to say it was. I think it's a like a. Uh, I think it was like a ten second, a ten second like a minimum ten second pirouetting inverted hover. So you had to be inverted in, in pure wedding, but it had to last more than like 10 seconds or something. And it was a hovering maneuver. It was there. I did it. Um, it's hard as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would I would, I would, would get the hover going, inverted, and the model would, would be in altitude. And the moment I touched rudder, I would screw up the altitude. Mm. And now the model starts drifting. So it was like, okay, model's drifting. I pure wedding. Hurry, 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 finish. Done. <laughs> They're like, well, my helicopter only drifted 20 feet. (laughs) 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 Like, I really need to practice this more. (laughs) But um, no, there's very little hovering. Uh, You'll look at the maneuvers and the set maneuvers and the 40 maneuvers. Uh, Some of the maneuvers begin and end with some hovering and other maneuvers you fly into. Uh, like the galaxy, that one has no hovering. You fly into that maneuver and you fly out of that maneuver. Um, the Deuce Igloo uh, is another maneuver. That one has hovering in it, uh, but it has a whole bunch of work in between. That one has half pyro flips in it, but it has a bunch of hovering in it as well. Um, so, yeah, per maneuver, not much hovering, but yeah, it's still it's still getting it's still getting judged. Mm-hmm. So I know you kind of spoke about it, but what does what is K factor? Mm, K factor is just a, a uh, is just a value. It's a value given per maneuver um, as to how difficult it is. Uh, when you're dealing with F three C and all and all that, uh, all the AMA is technically uh, it's all K factor one as far as scoring goes. Okay. Uh, F3C, <laughs> silly enough, F3C, they actually made it like a K1.5, but every maneuver is a K1.5. Okay. So it doesn't <laughs> so really math- affect anything because it's all yeah, the same. It's all the same. Mathematically, it doesn't affect anything. Um, however, and I'm, I'm getting into the list for F3 and set maneuvers. I forget what the lowest is, but the most difficult, I want to say, goes to a K value of of one or not one but 11 okay yeah so f3c all the maneuvers are uh oh no actually schedule p the hoverings a k1.5 all the flying is k10 and then schedule f uh which is the other nine man- or uh, the other nine maneuvers hoverings a 1.5 and all the flying is a k10 that'll be fun for me to have to score 
It's like, you got everything? Okay, yeah, here's a 3.5 or whatever it is. Oh, my goodness. Uh, scoring it. I, I actually use Excel to score it, and it's Okay. Fun. Yeah. Right. I've, I've, there's, there's a lot of stuff. If you actually want to hold the contest, I have the Excel spreadsheet so you could do calculations and, and get scores together for your for your pilots. Um, nice. An F3 set maneuvers. The lowest K-factor maneuver is a four. Okay, wow. Double Immelman. Double Immelman. <laughs> it's the first maneuver on the list. It's Love the it. first maneuver on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Puro Rainbow X Reversal. That's an 11. That sounds like nope. a 400 to me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. um, double O One Twins. That's an 11.5. Uh, that's the highest maneuver double o one twins i watched i watched ben store i didn't watch i judged okay. ben storick nick maxwell and jamie robertson fly that maneuver oh, that geez. is if you go yeah it's the fun part is <laughs> um if you get deep enough in a competition you will find that you'll get put in a judging chair and you will start judging those in classes uh, equal to or possibly slightly above what you fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of years I didn't actually fly F3N, so I got put in a judge's chair. Um, yeah, because I can watch and understand what helicopters are doing and determine that you didn't do 12 points in a TikTok. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so you kind of went into like the F3C, F3N. Um, what do those stand for? Like, what Nothing. does F3C? Does Nothing. It stand for anything? Nothing. Nothing. Really? So he's uh, like, let's just make up a competition. We'll call it this. <laughs> so, uh, interestingly enough, for the various disciplines of flying, you have there's F3A, which is airplanes, F3B, which is uh, another different style of airplanes. I know F3J is soaring. Um, F3C is precision aerobatic helicopters. F3N is freestyle helicopters. So those are all FAI. Um, F3 actually gets into modeling. F3 is their designation for modeling. Uh, Okay. FAI... Yeah. Yeah. They do all kinds of, or they govern like tons of different competition stuff, right? They sure do. Yeah. Um, they, they do full scale all the way down to modeling. Um, you want to do balloons and rockets and if it flies FAI, yeah, (laughs) FAI, FAI has rules for competition and they also, uh, rules for competition and also world records. You know, if you want to, if you want to hold world records in it, FAI is the organization who manages that. Kind of a tangent. If you actually get into it, you'll find out FAI is older than the AMA. Yeah. Uh, FAI is the the international organization that covers modeling. They delegate to the NAA, the National Aeronautics Association of america and naa is the one who actually delegates because uh, naa covers all your all your aeronautical stuff full scale down to modeling they delegate modeling to ama 
Ah, okay. Yeah, there's actually a kind of like a chain of command there. It's it's kind of oh. weird. Yeah. Hmm. Just a little bit of tangent. Yeah. Nice. They even have a thing for space. Uh-huh. Accumulated space flight time. Oh, space force. <laughs> cool. Can I join that? I'm going to sign up. You know, amongst you know, a bunch of my military buddies, we actually uh, space force just put out an ad uh, recently. Yeah, saw that. <laughs> Friend of mine's like, I'll be honest, I'm kind of motivated. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was just looking at <laughs> FAI.org. Air modeling, amateur built and experimental aircraft, ballooning, drones, general aviation, gliding, hang gliding, micro lights and paramotors, paragliding, power and glider, aerobatics, rotorcraft, skydiving, space. Wow. Even skydiving in space. Wow. Probably even more than that. But yeah, I mean, if it's up in the air, they have something to do with it, apparently. Yep. I mean, I guess on the competition side. Competition and records. Yep. It, funny enough, if 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 you do go out for the U.S. national team who represents the United States at Worlds for F3C or F3N, you actually have to get your FAI license. Um, oh, interesting. But yeah, you, yeah, you can fly F3C and, and not try out for the team and not have to get an FAI license, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're going to try out for the U.S. national team, you have to get your FAI license um, uh, if you're going to Worlds. Because, yeah, if you want to compete at, you know, F3C, F3N Worlds, you need to have an mm-hmm. FAI license. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, are we going to see Robert Monty at Worlds? Oh, uh, <laughs> God. Probably not. <laughs> um, got to get his Goblin Yurkai for Compress. <laughs> Um, I, I go back and forth about it. Um, this is, this is something I, I've, I talk about. So if you look within the AMA documentation on competition, the more people that compete in a competition at nationals, the more funding AMA puts in for the U S national team. Mm-hmm. Uh, if few people, if few people compete, then less money is put in. Um, if you have competitors on your national team for, so in the United States, if you have competitors, on national team who win at worlds, who, you know, first, second or third place, that will, uh, increase your funding from the AMA. We have really good pilots here in the United States, but the competition scene is challenging. And being that no one's paid to fly in the United States anymore, Right. Uh, most of us have day jobs. Um, is kind of a kind of the you know joke is that the one who wins is the one who practices the most and is pretty much the one who is paid to fly or somehow yeah. is or can, this, yeah 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 young yeah. or something that can just go fly all day every day. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things that gets me about F three C is it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily appeal to the young guys. Uh, the guys winning at it aren't aren't sixteen. Not F three C, but all the other like three D world uh, level competitions are usually yeah. won by the the F3. young guys that that yeah. can uh, yeah. uh, fly all day every day. Yeah, but yeah. fifty flights a day. 
Yep. Uh, yeah, F3N has has some folks who are young and are doing, you know, 30 flights a day. They got people who are dedicated to charging their batteries. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. Though that, um, the funding and all that that you mentioned came up when we had, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, Greg Jackson. Craig Jackson. Craig Jackson. Uh, Craig Jackson. Was. Yeah. Craig yeah, Greg Jackson. Uh, he he tried out for the team trials at F three N, and and he 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 made it. Um, and he was trying to get funding. Um, yeah, I've there's there's some discussion amongst friends about finding someone who can dedicate time to fundraising for the U.S. national team for helicopters. And um. Because if you think about it, if, if we outfit a full team that's uh, you know that's uh, at max, it would be three people doing F3C, three people doing F3N, yeah. and 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 mm-hmm. the team manager. Yeah. Um, in reality, you know, Nick Maxwell uh, places in the F3N and F3C team. He has done it, you know, for two worlds now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one less pilot, you know, instead of seven, that's six, but six people at five thousand dollars a head. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah it isn't under- it ridiculously expensive it was to actually enter? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was understandable what what Greg was talking about, and how, yep. like you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, that the other yeah countries have the, the sponsored pilots and the paid teams. I well, thought, I, I didn't think that. Um, I thought it, I I thought for global you had to actually pay for it, like yourself, to compete. Like you know, maybe your maybe your sponsorship or your companies would might pay the entry fee for for the actual globe because i heard that's a lot but like i heard like yeah, you're staying yeah. and everything you kind of had to pay for your own ride you know it's not it's not paid for is it's, that true or is it like or do you get partial funding uh that's 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 sponsor dependent okay all right that's sponsor dependent um you got a sugar mama who wants to pay for it i don't think <laughs> ama is gonna care yeah, yeah right um, <laughs> what 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 does what does get into an area is if you're going to donate money you're going to you want to donate money you know you want to donate money to an organization who who's keeping track of that money you don't want to donate money to an organization who's not keeping track of the money you know they're going to go out and you know buy buy a helicopter with it you know sex drugs and rock and roll i mean yeah right, <laughs> right. right. no telling where it's going no, no telling where it's going, and they may not go. And you're like, oh man! So you know, all the all the U.S. national teams that, that the United States uh, sends, you know, by the AMA, you could call the AMA up and actually make a donation and for a specific team and put money in for them. Um, you want you want to fund you know the gliding team, go for it. You want to fund you know F3A and, and precision aerobatics for airplanes, you can go do it. You can call them up and, and donate money to them, and the AMA's you know 501, they're tracking their money. Sure. Um, there's rules about how the money is spent by AMA. Uh, they're going to use it on like room and board and rental cars. Um, yeah, they're going to use it room and board and rental cars. But yeah, you, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I would I would think like you know, I don't know. Like as as a hobbyist, like if someone wanted to really go to global and they had the skills to, you know maybe place top three or whatever that like start a GoFundMe. I'm sure people throw in some money, you know, I think it's like, if you have the, you know, like even if you don't have the means, I think there are 
ways of getting that money and getting the funding that you need. Um, it would be nice to get a full-time, you know, um, fundraiser person or, you know, people to, to, to help out. But I think you could also do it on your own if you're that dedicated and that driven to, to go, right? Yeah, I agree. If you, if you're driven enough to go and, 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 you know, asking for money, you know, is something that comes easier for you than others. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you could make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. I, personally there are a lot of skilled pilots here in the united states um and my thought is is if we can get fundraising going for a full team it would really open the doors as to the talent we could bring to worlds and and really just you know you know when you get to the international scene you know supposedly the u.s has some of the best pilots in the world where are they? Yeah, you know? why aren't we represented? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, why aren't we represented more? Um, and so, that's it, it. Gets you know, you get that. I I think if we had some some better fundraising and 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 people were people understood competition and and you know one of the things that's interesting is the AMA classes and and FAI they're not exclusive. They're not invite only. You know, mm-hmm. you you as a pilot, you haven't you haven't you you're eight, you have an AMA number. You can register for nationals and show up. So you have to be an AMA member, though, right? Yeah, you have to be an AMA member. Yeah, that's it. There you go, Steve. <laughs> sure. The, you know, you have to. You know, I, I can be honest. <laughs> the first competition I did was nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have a few friends who competed in past decades who, okay. who, who pointed me in the right direction as to how things should look or how precise they really need to be. Sure. Um, things that were escaping me, like you'll read through the figure M in Sportsman, the very first hovering maneuver, and there's a whole bunch of pauses in it, two-second pauses, you know, a whole bunch of points where you should be pausing. It escaped me reading over it. The first time I did a figure M in front of somebody who knows what that maneuver looks like, he's like, let me look over that. And he read it real quick. He's like, yeah, you're forgetting all the damn pauses. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> he started yelling at me. I was like, good Lord, man, I'm new. Yeah. Like, don't beat me. I don't know any better. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> don't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and so, you know, it, it the interesting thing is if you dig around at your local flying field, mm-hmm. that guy who used to do, you know, that guy you just know is the older heli pilot and he just goes out there and does his thing. You'd be surprised to find he probably did competition and he knows, he knows what it should look like. And he's just sitting out there at your field and he flying, just flying away. Yeah. I mean, you, you see it, right? Like I see when you fly, like you're a precision flyer. You know, you're not very like, you're not very flashy. Like I would say like Shaggy's a little bit more flashy with his, you know, 3D maneuvers and stuff. Sure but, is. You know, but like, like when I see your night flying, it's, it's precise. Like your rolls are on axes and everything. Like it's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> He's in total control of that helicopter. He's not like me. Like, oh, the helicopter's over there now. Oh, shit, the helicopter's over there now. Oh, oh, it's over here now, you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I'm laughing. It, <laughs> it, 
I, you know, that's kind of one of the last things I had in here is, you know, why do the competition? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I started flying collective pitch helicopters in 2011. My first competition was 2014. Um, you know, you throw a model around enough and you just kind of like, what next? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, am I good at this maneuver? I don't know. Did yeah. I set my helicopter upright? I don't know. Uh-huh. And competition has given me the avenue to learn way more about my transmitter, way more about my fly controller, way more about my airframes, my my assembly skills, how to how to put a model together, and then way more about just how models act and uh how models act with, with physics and what you're doing with them and just making a model look like it's in control a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think every one of us would say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to master the model. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, whether, whether it's throwing it around and being flashy about it, you know, I want to be flashy the entire time or, uh, you know, I, I want I want everything to look purposeful. Yeah, uh, right. we're all trying to master something in this. Trying to and get the, the biggest blade fart noise I can get. Yes, the biggest yeah. blade, the biggest <laughs> blade <Wrong>. fart, <laughs> the biggest overspeed in an auto. Uh, <laughs> you know, mastering who can get lowest, who can cut yeah. ribbon tape, who can smack that balloon full of whole uh, full of helium. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're all showing off. We're all trying to master it. And when you master it, the feeling's so great. You know, you get that chemical sure. and you're just like, dude, it's awesome. Yeah. I want to do more. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the biggest reasons I enjoy it is because competition is one of those areas where people can look at it and go, that was good, but here's where you could improve it. Mm. I know last year I did, um, I did F3N like the last minute last year. And I just went out and I freestyled the helicopter. I didn't have a, I didn't have a routine set up. I just shut up and just do winged it. Winged it, yeah. Wing it. And I came away from it. The judge was like, "I'd give you more points if you would reverse your aileron rolls." And I was like, "Shit, that's within oh, my wow. wheelhouse." Oh yeah. Why don't I do that? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, why don't I add that in? Um, and and that feedback, you know, that feedback is like, dude, I, I can do that. Why don't yeah. I do that? Yeah. Um, or I was flying a couple weeks ago. Well, it's about a month ago. I had a, I had a perpendicular wind. It was coming in from behind me. And uh, the maneuver in F3C is an actual roll with, with, with reversals. And my model is getting blown out. And that's, that's a downgrade. And I'm like, I'm just not getting it. And... And Ben, uh, Ben, everyone knows him on the forums as Doctor ben. ben. He yeah. was, yep. He was like, "Why don't you hold the collective in the in the side that's needed in order to keep the model on the line?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I'll go do that." <laughs> that's what I was missing. <laughs> yeah. And I went out there, and you know, I rolled when I rolled the model when the rotor disc was towards me. I just held into the positive so that the I was pulling the model in, but with the wind and everything, dude, axial roll looked freaking perfect i was like some right. bitch there it is all compensated yep and i was like one of the things i personally find is i i can recognize a problem but i don't know the fix and <laughs> outside outside eyes a lot of times will help me 
Like, hey, mm. do that. I'm like, uh, duh, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. you need that. You need to step yeah. up and look, yeah. definitely. And in competition gives me, you know, competition gives that, that outside eye, you know, you'll hand that you feedback. a, yeah. give you that feedback. You know, if, you know, like the scoring system on sportsmen, you start out with 10 points per maneuver and then you get subtracted points depending upon just how ugly you make it. Um, you know, you'll, you'll look at a maneuver and you'll find that like, there's a maneuver, it's the inverted triangle the helicopter is not inverted the triangle is <laughs> okay and uh it's one of the only maneuvers in sportsman where you're hovering side in and you got to pass you got to pass in front of yourself side in and that maneuver will get some lower scores but if like the first two maneuvers you're getting like sixes and that maneuver you're getting a four and you're consistently getting fours you're like what don't the judges like and you yeah. can turn around and go, dude, you're drifting off like 16 feet on your Piro, on your 90 degree Piro, or you're 90, you know, doing a 90 degree Piro. I'm like, shit, I need to work on my pirouettes. Let's go work on pirouetting. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those feedback loops that I just love it because I can improve things. I can, you know, I can improve it. I learn more about a model, learn more, more about fly barless tuning. You'd be surprised, like in hovering on my, on my fly barless controller. Uh, it's it's it is jacked up. My gains are maxed. My gains are maxed. Uh, I've got very little collective pitch. My cyclic pitch. I've got almost no control of the model, so that I don't over control it. And every correction is just what's needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, the model pirouettes really well. <laughs> uh, when you when you get a gyro tuned so that the the control loop is just hyperactive. Yeah. Yeah. Things start okay. looking good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's see here. We, we talked about going from Sportman to the other classes, right? I know you've, you've touched points on that. We touched it um, yeah. officially. Uh, once you get so many points based mm-hmm. upon your placement in the competition and how many people you uh, placed ahead of, once you get so many points, there's a maximum of points. And from there, you get forced to the next class. Oh, so they do force you. Like, you can't be like, okay, I came in first place this year. You know, I want to just do it again. Correct. You could, you can sit in sportsman. I, I did the math. I did the math years ago. You could sit in sportsman for like 10 years at this point. Um, there's not a lot of competitors, there's not a lot of contests. So it's mm. hard to, 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 to uh, total up to, to, to gain all those points to be forced into advanced. Um, as, as the scoring structure goes there, the highest you can be forced into is expert. They can't force you from expert to F3C. Okay. Unofficially. Um, it's up to you. If you feel you've, you know, if you're, if you're winning at sportsman and you're beating others and you know, you're just stink eye. Yeah. Can't stand those from. idiots in the sportsman class. You're like, these guys, well, they're a bunch of tools. I'm going to go up to the next level. <laughs> Get <laughs> with the real folks. No. <laughs> um. Well, there's uh, there's there's something to be said about folks. You know, guys will feel like you're sandbagging. You're just sitting there sandbagging it. And uh, the interesting thing is, you're not in competition with others. Your round is getting scored based upon what you do and what the letter of the maneuver is. Okay. When when you're done flying, the 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 sheets 
you know, the judge doesn't get to go back and edit the sheet based upon what the next guy flies like. It's it's not like, you know, I go fly and you score me nines and then Nick Maxwell goes fly and you score him nines. <laughs> uh, this is one of the things like you won't see junior guys just slapped into judging F3C and F3N because you you like as as I grew up with judging in this you need to be consistent in your judging so that you can pick apart Jamie Robertson, Ben Stork and Nick Maxwell's mm-hmm. flight and say that was you know that didn't meet the letter of what it should be or you came through that the wrong direction that's a zero um, you have to be able to, you have to be able to do that and so yeah I, I you know, people at my contest, the pilots judge the pilots, so you're going to get a primer in judging. For the small contests, one of the ways I deal with bias is after every pilot flies, I take the, I take the car, I take the the judges sheets uh, for that pilot away from them, so they can't go back to it, they can't look at it. Um, another part is the judges are rotating out, so uh, yeah, okay. if there's if there's four guys, uh, one's up, three are judging, and then they get rotated out. Uh, okay, that's what that was one of my next questions is how did it as as a judge, how do you stay unbiased, right? Like, you know, um I could be friends with someone at uh, the pilot that's flying, you know, and then I see another pilot that's flying that maybe the guy's an asshole and you know, like how do you stay unbiased <laughs> and, and not just I mean, obviously there's bias in that. I mean, you know, you, you should not be biased in that case too, but like just in anything, right? Like people are people, right? We we people are people. Have have a tend to maybe lean one way or another and be biased in one way or another because of things, right? It could be anything, right? So, like, as a judge, like, knowing that, like, okay, well, you know, here's this guy who knows how to fly really well and he does this thing and he goes first, right? And I see him and I was like, oh, he did did the maneuver very well. He did it great. And then, like, someone goes up and you're like, oh, man, yeah, that's a pro pilot. Yeah, you know, like, this guy I've looked up to forever, you know? And then you judge him and you're trying to judge him on the thing, but how do you not be a little biased, you know? You yeah, might give that person a little bit more points. Yeah, agree, agree. Um, the I mean, ultimately, you want dedicated judges, and yeah, um, mm-hmm. when you get to so at, at Nats, they're using a computer program, and it will do it will it will make some statistics out of it, and it can start showing the contest director someone is biased you know biased to a specific pilot so they can start seeing that oh. their boy goes up and they're always giving him nines and right. the program will start to call it out for for them when you get into the international level uh they're actually trained uh, trained judges and still they still pull in the same same statistics so that okay you know, the Japanese judge isn't giving the Japanese team all right. you know, yes, better points like than the rest mm-hmm. so that that kind of bias can be called out and, and taken out. So that, okay. yeah, uh, the the issue that does come in because the maneuvers are subjective mm-hmm. and it can be troubling at, at, at the, you know, a national, not necessarily a national level, but an international level is you may find that here in the United States, we practice one maneuver one way in F3C. Yeah, right. Or, okay. or even F3N. Mm-hmm. Uh, FAI is European. Um, there's more There's more European and, and Japanese and 
other countries competing, they may be practicing that maneuver a different way in their country, and they show up at Worlds, and the judges, the judges expect the maneuver to look a certain way, and it doesn't. Yeah. And that's yeah. the other thing, right? Because a lot of this stuff is interpretation. So how do you... How do you make the the ground like you know the playing field level for everyone? Like, how do you know like this person's doing a double or just whatever like uh, you know pirouetting globe or whatever, and they're doing it exactly the way the f you know FAI documentation is saying it because it's kind of subjective and there's a bunch of arrows and there's a there's your horizon not horizon line but the your center line and and yep. you're like well that wasn't on center or like if you look at the maneuver you actually roll before you get to set you know like. It could be so subjective. How do you how, how do you handle that, right? So, um, you know, there's there's structure on the back end that not a lot of guys know about. So, um, Cliff Hyatt, who uh, he is our FAI contact for helicopters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Cliff Hyatt has competed in F three C for decades. Really good pilot. Um, he went to F three C Worlds in. So we just had Worlds in 2019. He went to 2017. No. He went to 2019 Worlds. He went to 2019 Worlds. Him and Daniel Hyatt. Cliff's been in the hobby for a long time. Um, So when the rules are being proposed, they are sent to the FAI contact for helicopters in each country. So they got sent to Cliff. And then Mm -hmm. Cliff talks to the pilots who do F3C. And says, you know, remove, review these and give me give me feedback or give me questions. And then that's when the questions start coming up. Hey, what's this maneuver supposed to be done like? What's that supposed to be done like? The verbiage on this is confusing as all could be. And that feedback actually starts making it back to the FAI so that they um, correct it and and make it, you know, so it's understood by by those who are competing in it. If you're brand new to F3N um, and and you haven't actually been part of one of those rule cycles and seen the maneuvers as they're being proposed and asked questions then and and you know know the other pilots who fly it and go hey dude mm-hmm. what's your take on this maneuver your best thing to do is start reaching out to guys who fly it you know hit me up um, hit me up uh, you know hit up other pro pilots you know you do it you know if if, if you got contact with Ben hit him up say hey this maneuver. Um, if you got contact with you know guys like that who fly that, just you can just ask them. You know how's that maneuver supposed to be? How's how's it supposed to look? Or or specifically about a, a section of it. Right. Um, yeah. Once once you, it's not an exclusive club, but the guys who are in it, you may not know them, and that 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 brings some exclusiveness to it. But I'll tell you, the community of guys doing competition are so welcoming that it's it's fun. And once you come into it, yeah, you'll ask them the questions and, you know, you'll just ask questions about things and, you know, you get answers and you make, you know, it's a great group of guys and traditions and just fun that go on in there. I mean, I've been in, I've been in competition and come off the flight line and I, I spent around swearing at my helicopter and it's not the helicopter, it's me. I come off the flight line and the judge is like, I see you got that new talking transmitter. <laughs> 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 like yeah, I don't know who put all those swear words into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you swear no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, um, but you know it's it's such a fun community of guys mm-hmm. that 
you know, it's kind of exclusive when you come out of it first, but you'll find it's a great group of guys who are, who are really stoked and having fun doing this and are happy that you uh, happier there and, and really very willing to teach you more about it okay. because, because, you know, it could be the difference between, you know, you're bored in this hobby and I found another challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. okay. I wanted to add to competitions in general that there is a little bit of ownership on the person competing to take what the judges are judging you on, uh, you know, as they see it. I mean, there's always that, you know, the accident happens on the corner and the two people have two different views of what happened. If I'm competing in a competition, you really have to say that what you're being judged on is in the hands of the judges. You really, we're in a little bit of a society and I don't, I don't say this translates over to helicopters, but it could, I, I don't know. Oh, boy. I've never, been. Uh, but we are. I will say, that. I will answer, I will answer your question and say, yes, it does. Please keep going. But you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> uh, you, it's not, it's not everybody else's fault. You know, you do have to take some ownership of the flight you threw down and you have to take ownership in the fact that you're competing and that the judges are judging you and their rule and what they're judging on, you know, is, is, the, is their point of view. Yes. But I mean, I hear, I hear stories of like things like, you know, people will contest it, right. And be like, yeah. no, that's what the maneuver says. I, that's what I did. And blah, blah, blah. And they start contesting it and try to, you know, kind of excuse their way out of a judgment's score, right? Like a, a judge's score. So, you know. I, I know in F3N, there's a maneuver. It's the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. And the first year we flew it, um, the maneuver is drawn in a horizontal fashion. Uh, one pilot flew, the two pilots flew it horizontal. The model stayed at the same altitude the whole time it was doing the maneuver. As it, as it coils into the center and then they they, they like pure flip reverse it and then they start uncoiling the galaxy and come out another another pilot uh, did it in a cone shape like they were climbing the mountain to the very top and then they started uncoiling and they started descending down the mountain kind of like a cone no exactly like a cone and and we all looked at that and said WTF and 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 the pilots didn't have to contest it the judges were like uh and so the manuals flipped open and, you know, loud conversation starts. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the determination was made that both versions of it are fit the rules and that both okay. pilots are right. Um, the next year, FAI corrected the maneuver and, and it's a horizontal maneuver. Um Okay. It's a horizontal maneuver. And so that stuff does happen as far as contesting the maneuver. Um, but usually usually contesting doesn't get – I've never been a party of or witnessed contesting getting that deep because – there's, there's, there. You know, I don't know why. Because I can't say because most of the competition I've ever seen contested comes down to like fun fly freestyle competition, like the one competition that's had plenty mm -hmm. of dramas in years past. Sure. Um, well, you know, there's there's plenty of drama in those things, but there's no real rule book for them either. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I would say any of the of the more like freestyle type stuff, even like um, 3D masters and 
all that stuff. It seems like this FAI-based, like F3N, F3C, is way less subjective. I mean, it's it's either on center or not on center, or did this or did that. It's, sure. It seems like it's there's less subjectiveness than some of the freestyle 3D stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Great. So there's there's tricks as a judge in in maneuvers and for example I'm trying to find the Piro Rainbow X reversal. No, no, let me say that one properly. Rainbow X reversal. That maneuver is it starts at a center point and then you uh you do a rainbow while doing a pirouette reversal out to a corner. And so you hit four corners as a judge. When, when you know, you'll set up your hovering spot and you're in the collar, will call, you know, pirouette reversal starting now. Well, when that, when that pilot sets up, I'll take my pen and I will hold it within, within eyesight between me and the helicopter. And I'll watch that pilot return to center each time. Is he on center? He's on my pen. Yes, he is. You know, and that is that takes that subjectiveness out of it, so that I can actually right. see what they're doing, or uh, the vertical TikTok eight. Um, that maneuver, you're going to cross through a center twice. I will hold up my clipboard or my pen to see if you go through the same altitude as center. You didn't go through the same altitude. That's a deduction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm dinging on it. You're like okay. you, you know, they could they could turn around and ask like, what's up with the score? I'm like. Dude, your altitude the first time you went through was uh, 30 feet. The second time you went through it was 40 feet. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Um, well, it's, it's stuff you can measure. Or, yes. Whereas some of the others, you could have two flights in a music freestyle 3D. One guy does it 10 feet off the ground, and one guy does it 10 inches off the ground. And, you know, 10 so, inches is more exciting. Well, so. and and technically, when you get into it, the ten inches is ten inches or twenty feet doesn't actually matter. It's not something you score. Um, really? Yeah. So okay. what? Yeah, but like <laughs> like we're talking these, you know, fun fly and just kind of the one competition stuff like that. You don't think the more exciting flights get more people to vote for them? They do. They I'm not saying do. it's correct, but I'm saying they do. The, point. It is, and and that's the difference between like uh, you know, it's the difference between FAI and and the AMA right. stuff, and just you know, let's go have a competition. Because I'll be honest, uh, big enough crowds, like I've been to Triple Tree and Kyle Dahl's there doing center stage with a helicopter tandem with a plane, a plane pilot. I can't see his helicopter. He's too low. The crowd's too big. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like, I'm unhappy because I can't see his helicopter. Mm-hmm. Uh, center stage, uh, AMA, Urcha Jamboree. The ground is lower out ahead of the pilot. The ground is lower than the pilot. The pilots can cut grass, and if you're far enough back in the crowd, you'd never know it. You just hear the people closest up going, "Yeah!" You got no idea what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> and it's very true. Um, so I, I, you know, I've having conversation with other guys who've been in the hobby a long time. 
I enjoy flights 10 feet over the ground. Show me something neat 10 feet over the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sure, it, it, you know, being low is exciting, but uh, I'll tell you when, like when you get to F3N and the freestyle, the, the five categories are difficulty, harmony, creativity, precision, and safe presentation. If you can do the round, if you can do your freestyle and constantly be 10 inches from the ground, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, that, that could help with precision. You're constantly precise on your altitude. That could help with precision. But the one moment I hear your model jerk, I can hear it and I can see it. I hear you jerk away from the ground. I'm going to start, I'm going to start digging your, your present, your safe presentation score. You jerked them all away. It was not meant to be there. You, you got beyond yourself. Okay. And, and so the categories are there. You can, you can, it's interesting after, after judging, you know, Nick, Ben and Jamie, how, how their scores, cause an F3N, it's actually a 20 point scale per, per item, per the five items. You start with 20 and, and, and well, no, you don't start with 20. You, you, you start increasing the score as they do more and more difficult stuff and the harmony as they start doing more and more harmonious stuff. Or if, if, if it's very harmonious and then all of a sudden they just come out of harmony. Uh, I've watched pilots do it. They, you know, like they do something and all of a sudden they just jerk the helicopter out of harmony. And it was like, huh? Yeah. The hell? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it's like, like you said, that? it's almost audible too, in a way where you can yeah. hear it. Sure, you can hear it. You can hear the motor change a little because they're well, yeah, to pop it out. Well, it may be something as simple as they're in a figure eight pattern, and at center, you know, they jerk the maneuver and they change it. They don't do a full figure eight. They'll jerk the maneuver and they'll start doing a square. Like what the hell? Mm. <laughs> Like that, that was choppy. <laughs> like that's not very harmonious, harmonious, but it, it could be creative. And then you get into was it precise and how they transitioned over from one to the other, or you know, um, I'll see a pilot. They will do the same maneuver left and right, but they'll do it at different times in their in their in their freestyle. I'll be like, that wasn't very creative. um and and you know this is where it gets interesting you'll see certain pilots shine at difficulty and then start losing harmony and creativity and then another will shine in harmony but lose out in difficulty and creativity another one will they'll throw some creative stuff to the wall wow and then it doesn't have the harmony or the difficulty and you're like Mm -hmm. you'll see these guys shine on these categories and you know at the top of the top every one of them doing a safe presentation you know, uh, every once in a while, you'll catch a guy jerk a model from the ground and be like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It makes going to a fun flight interesting when when you're still got the judge's mind on and you're mm-hmm. watching the flight and you can see like, that guy's got some creativity. He, he's he got something to work with there. Like, I'd love to see him do do F3N. Like, I'd love to see him hit competition. He, he could have, he might, he might enjoy it or he might not. Um or, you know, they'll do something really difficult, but precision is just absolute crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's hard to turn off the judge's mind and, and when you're watching fun flies, which almost uh, gets you in the fact don't that ever, you don't want to watch. Don't ever watch me fly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would appreciate the feedback. <laughs> 
Nah, um, man, I'm too emotional. Because no. most people are yelling, you suck anyways. I mean, I've heard that a million times. I'd appreciate some diff- something else. Maybe like, you really suck. I don't know. <laughs> like, damn, that shit was ugly. <laughs> That's why when Monty's there, I fly like a thousand feet away. So yeah, out of his eyesight. <laughs> One of oh, one of our judges, Dave Sellers, he's uh he's in his seventies, but he is a great judge. He's actually one of the FAI uh certified judges for 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 it. And uh I've come off the I've I've been out there flying and he'll just yell it out and be like, I can score it if I can see it. <laughs> oh <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um it's been it's been years years I've been working on keeping the model from flying out from flying out during during F3C or during uh, you know F3C or F3N I've been working on it for years and 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 I've been getting a little better this year it's really clicking it's really clicking and I'm really happy about it nice. um yeah it's 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 funny when the guys just yell like I could score it if I could see it I'm like shit <laughs> yeah. You do fly pretty out there sometimes. <laughs> I do, I do, and it's um, it, it comes down to how do you do the maneuver precise and put in all the corrections to keep the model from being pushed out by wind, mm-hmm. or or you end up just cross coupling, you know, cyclic commands, and you end up you end up putting the model out because you're just That's you're inputting the stuff. Yeah, it's. And I don't it's know hard. if it's an instinct or what, but it always goes away from me. Yeah. Like, like yeah, if I do, a, I, I try to do a loop and I, mm-hmm. I start the loop, come around, I come back down, I can hit the altitude pretty good, but it'll be 10 foot farther away from me. Yeah. You know, uh, just, I don't know. I'm not pers- correcting, I guess. Personally, just, just based upon what you say. Uh, I first thing I'll go after is a rudder. When you're talking about a loop and the model's flying out, uh, rudder. Yeah. yeah. If you if you do a perfect loop and you weren't rolled out on aileron, uh, rudder. Uh, you're not flying straight like you think you are. Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing because that shows up a lot on airplanes. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. uh-huh. Trying to do like a, a IMAC uh, maneuvers or something. Uh-huh. You think you're flying straight, but you're actually got five degree angle on the wings or something, and you pull back. Well, all of a sudden you just corkscrewed instead of go straight. Right. Yep. Yep. Doc Ben will tell me it's like, oh yeah, any pilot will think they're the best in the world when there's no wind. And yeah. I'll be like, yeah, dude, some of my best hoverings no wind. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just going to mention that for myself. I I found that. Uh, I'm compensating for the wind a little bit better than I used to, which was I used to do nothing, and then it was in my face or it was way out, you know, uh, in front of me. But I am I am compensating more. Like when you mentioned the earlier what what you were told to do, I like yeah, I'm kind of noticing that a little more. Yeah, it's it, and that's the thing I I like about competition is it will it will put it in front of you sooner rather than later. A guy could go, a guy could fly for 20 years, never touch competition and always end up with a model pushed out and not realize he's not really mastering the model. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one, and, and I'll be honest, like, like Steve says, don't watch my flight. I don't need the feedback. And Kevin, you say, I'd appreciate some feedback. 
I am happy to give feedback. However, I have learned don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless they ask for it, don't. Yeah. And that's the, that's outside of competition. That's just me at a fun fly. Like, don't. Most you you, you only. It's hard. No matter which direction I go, it's hard to tackle it and tell the guy he sucks. Here's how he could be better. Oh yeah. Um, he doesn't want to hear it you know so probably a hundred people that you talk to there's there's probably like a handful that are would only appreciate you know what you're saying uh yeah and that's Uh, just human nature i think it's human nature yeah Yeah, and like i said i I learned it that that like you know you you just learned it no people don't want feedback shut up they'll ask you (laughs) if they want it exactly yeah Um, so I have a I have a question about the maneuvers and and the set maneuvers and stuff like that. So yeah. first of all, how do they come up? With, so two part question: How do they come up with the maneuvers, and how often do they change them? Um, I don't know how FAI comes up with maneuver. Well, actually, I do. Um, previously, I talked about how they put the maneuvers in front of the FAI uh, contact, and then they ask the pilots. Um. There's also a time when uh, you can make up a maneuver and hand it off to Cliff and say, hey, can you put this in front of FAI to include? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for FAI. Uh, FAI will make corrections to maneuvers annually. They will, do, they will, they will add in new maneuvers uh, every two years. Okay, so they're on a two-year cycle for the most part? They're on a two-year cycle for the most part. Um, So usually, like, every year they'll correct something. So, for example, the Galaxy I talked about. You know, Mm -hmm. first year it came together, there was confusion, and it got flown differently. So the the next year it was corrected. And then that that maneuver ran a full year. And then the next – and that hit our two-year mark, and we got some new maneuvers in F3N. F3C, we got a whole new list of 18 maneuvers. Wow, okay. Um, though, if you talk with the guys who are old hats at this, you'll find out that some of these maneuvers were used a decade ago. Sure. I'm sure they cycle through some of the maneuvers and stuff. Some of, some of it cycled through, um, some of it's not when it comes to the AMA, uh, every two years, every two years is how often maneuvers get visited. If you want to, if you want to visit a maneuver outside of every two years, um, it has to be. It has to be for safety. Something about a maneuver is unsafe. Uh, models, you know, asking sportsmen to roll a model on a downline a decade ago when models weren't rolling fast, they weren't that mm. competent. You know, the, the models weren't as good as they are now. Uh. Um. Yeah, so there's a maneuver proposed for 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 AMA classes in the future in sports when they have a maneuver you're rolling on a downline like you're heading straight toward the ground and you do a 180 roll. And in a decade ago, that maneuver ended up the guys would not make the full 180 before they felt they were going to smash the ground and so they pull elevator and all of a sudden they had a model flying at them at head level (laughs) not good (laughs) and this is an aerobatic maneuver not a hovering maneuver and and that maneuver got changed for safety of aircraft and people (laughs) yeah Yeah. i can definitely see that That makes sense (laughs) yeah Yeah. now now you make several rolls (laughs) yeah 
in the in in the proposed sportsman maneuver, no, it's just a it's a the maneuver scares some guys, but once you walk them through it, they go, oh, okay. It's a stall turd that is uh, uh, you. Well, it's not a stall turn. A stall turn officially is you stall the model. You know, you pull up an elevator, stall the model, and then you do a one eighty piro. This model, this this maneuver, you pull it up centered with yourself, uh, and then once the model stops ascending, um, you then do an in place backflip, so a one eighty elevator flip, and you don't descend. Um, you don't descend, and then once the model is pointed at the ground and you start going down, you roll one eighty on aileron, and then you pull out on elevator at the same altitude you went in. Um, the important thing in there is, is, is to tell the guys who are interested in it is that 180 backflip does not descend. You should keep your same altitude, which means that when you do that flip, you need to feed a negative on the collective. If you don't, and you just pull elevator and you're descending, that maneuver gets scary. Okay. I can see (laughs) that. Because you'll, you'll find you're like, holy shit, I'm losing altitude. Yeah. (laughs) Real quick too. (laughs) And the models roll so damn fast, the guy will do, you know, nearly 300 degrees a second. They'll roll the model and then they'll pull out. But the thing is, is the altitude. They won't pull out at the same altitude they pulled in. Mm. And, you know, he's knock them on score. But once you talk the guys through it, yeah, I would say for the proposed maneuvers for guys who are interested in coming in, proposed maneuvers for, for sportsmen, uh, sportsmen, um, you know, it was put in front of me and a bunch of others, and we went out and tried them ourselves. And then I went and found my friends who fly sportsmen, and I explained the maneuver to them and, and had them go out and try it. And so we got feedback as to, you know, hey, this isn't clear uh, like that. You got to feed a negative on that backflip or else you descend while backflipping. Or, and, and, you know, once you start clarifying all this, you can give that feedback back to, you know, guys here in the U.S. who are making maneuvers for helicopters and um, make it clear for them. So it's still not beyond our skill, but, you know, it's getting a little more difficult than it was. Uh, AMA maneuvers, the, the AMA sportsman advanced and expert maneuvers have been the same for over a decade now. Um, there just isn't a ton of pilots, and uh, it, it takes effort from people to make new maneuvers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, people show more interest and more maneuvers. Cool. I think that's all the questions we had here, right? I got yeah, I got a couple. Yeah, quick. go for it. Um, so how could if, so if somebody's interested, maybe doing a competition? We know there's several here on the east coast. Do you know of any in the west? Good question. Yeah, there is zero. Really? That's what I was afraid wow. of. Huh. But there's a lot of good pilots on, on the got, West Coast. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Brooklyn, North Carolina, Florida, and Tennessee. So Am I you missing have, any? And Nats, of course. Yeah, you're missing one. So Mid-Atlantic Heli Championships. Uh, I've held it in Virginia in past years. Last year is the first time I held it in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and I'm, I'm scheduled to do it there again. Um, yeah, Brooklyn. Uh, New York CV Rotary Wing, uh, Music City Championships is Nashville, Tennessee. 
Triple Creek Fall Classic. That is actually a competition and fun fly in one at Triple Creek RC, and they are in Florida. Uh, hmm. It's actually I forget what town, what small town they're closest to, but they're actually. Um, you would consider on the Gulf side of Florida, and they are east of Tampa. Yeah, so you have to actually it's it's east of Tampa, west of Orlando. Um, and what was the other one? That's actually where like Angel Rojas flies at. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. And there's nationals in Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, why is that? I got I them mean, all. You missed seems... Triple Creek. No, I said Florida. Oh, okay. They listen horribly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why is that? Like, why don't why doesn't anyone do any competitions out west? Like, I mean, they, there's definitely fun flies out there. There's definitely good pilots out there. So agree. Uh, one of the interesting things that developed this last year, uh, Nick Maxwell and Wes Minear, uh, Urchard board member, and of course Nick mm-hmm. is Nick. He went out to Snohomish Funfly, uh, and uh, Augie Copter is what we know him yeah. on on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Augie was out there, and Nick, there's a video of it. Nick uh, demonstrated F3C to the guys. Okay. Um, next thing you know, I got contacted by Augie, and <laughs> uh, I gave him I, I gave him the full I gave him the rule books. Just here, here here's all of it. Here's all mm-hmm. of it, brother. The guys took interest in it. Um, okay. Cool. I would I would put along the lines of if you never see a goblin helicopter, why would you buy one? Like Is if you've never awesome? seen if you well, <laughs> yeah no I if, hear you if, <laughs> if you've never saw a Facebook video for it if you never saw if you never saw a Facebook video no one shows up in the field no one mentions it why would you buy it yeah out of sight um, out of mind type of thing. out of yeah. sight out of mind um, yeah. the other thing is is you know it's kind of like uh, it's a long journey from California to to Muncie Indiana <laughs> yeah true yeah um uh, lastly. I was a CD before I officially set up a contest. I didn't set up a contest until after I'd actually been to nationals. Um, I, I wasn't ready. I didn't know what was going on to, yeah. to, to tell you, Steve, Hey, you're going to do a competition. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm a CD. I don't know one bit of like how to hold a competition, you know? Yeah. Even though I took the test and everything. <laughs> yeah. You take the test. And as far as AMA is concerned, you know, if you want to sanction a, a a uh, contest, yeah. A double A event, mm-hmm. a contest, a, a, an A event. Um, you, you need to follow the rule book, and you look at it from a rule book perspective. Yeah, it's all there. Yep. But they don't talk about like. Yeah, organize, organize. You know, actually organizing that actual thing, right? Like, here's the rules, but it doesn't show you like how do you do it with the judges and like how to rotate, how to you know set up the field, right? I guess the field part might be in the rule book, right? I know it's in the FAA one. The 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 dimensions are in the rule book. How to do it mm-hmm. is not in there. Um, right. One of the items, and I pronounce it very often, is Pythagorean's algorithm. Uh, it's you know algorithm used when you want to determine you know uh, the third measurement on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you know A and B, how do you determine C? So actually, like I lay out a field, it's actually triangulated. Um, you know, they, they don't, they don't, those things aren't mentioned. Like I've got, I've got, uh, tape measures, actual tape measures that do, 
over a hundred feet and they're in metric and in, in standard. So I can lay out, you know, a competition, you know, a competition course. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I do a competition, I bring my printer, I bring my computer, I use Excel to, to score it all. I know what my scoring sheets look like. I made scoring sheets. I print out and hand to judges. There's, you know, I bring chairs, I bring umbrellas for the chairs. I know I need to water my judges. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they might wither away if you don't. <laughs> they, they might wither away. <laughs> um, there's all these things that they're not in, you know, they're not in the CD test for AMA that yeah. matter for a competition that you will, once you attend a competition, you will learn it. You, your yeah. eyes will be open. Like, oh, okay. So, once a guy attends a competition, you become you become the the fire. You become that 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 uh the ember to create the fire, and it just keeps going from there. Uh, I know as part of you know uh, Urcha, uh, I'm actually a few of us were talking about getting to events you know out west, Texas, California, Washington, mm, to get yeah. out and start you know seeing more of the guys out west and and and. You know, being out there, being known, providing value as Urcha to, to these to these uh to these events. You know, last year Urcha, you know, sponsored an event. They brought a seven hundred, they brought a XL Power seven hundred kit to Snohomish for the raffle. Nice, yeah. Awesome. And, you know, marketing. Marketing needs to be better and and train some guys on what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see no, I think we answered the judging question with scoring with three judges. Um, yeah, in the small contest, it's always three judges. When you get in the bigger contest, there's more pilots. We will seat five judges. Um, and then the highest and lowest scoring judge, they get cut out and you take the middle three. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole bunch of math on the back end that I have I have the Excel spreadsheet. I'll share it if you really want it and explain it because there's normalization, there's averages and normalization that are going on in it. And um I I I usually open up the spreadsheet and familiarize myself with the math again. I'm not familiarized with the with the actual math on the back end at the moment. <laughs> I don't I have to do it twice a year at yeah. most. Right, right. No worries. Yeah. Awesome. And, and uh, last thing I wanted to touch on, uh, Rob, is mm. let's run through the the maneuvers that are in the sportsman class for the AMA. Just because I'm sure there's people out there that are maybe considering this, maybe a decent sport flyer, not super hardcore 3D guy, but it's pretty basic maneuvers. So and maybe a couple yeah. of the the more easy F3N type maneuvers. It's okay. stuff a lot of guys can do. Okay. So for guys who are looking to fly sportsman for the first time, I ask them I ask them two questions. Can you hover side into yourself, which is nearly 20 feet away from yourself? If if it's one side only, okay, we can start with that. If it's both sides, awesome. And then the next thing is, is can you do an inside turn towards yourself? If you can do those two things, uh, we can build from there. If you can't do an inside turn, you're probably going to bail on that maneuver a lot and be scared as all can be. If you can't hover side into yourself, um, it's time to practice it. I will also say that 
I know working with some of the judges, if you can't do those things, you know, in the smaller contests, I'll happily let you just do a tire maneuvers tail end hovering. You know, we'll give you a score of what we think. You won't, you know, it won't be the same as the other guys who are doing the maneuvers. Yeah. But yeah. we'll tell you what we think because I'm more than happy to let a guy, you know, come in. If you can hover and you're comfortable just doing tail end for all of it and you can fly the maneuvers, okay, let's do it. I'll let you in. Let's, you know, you're not going to hurt anything. Why not have fun and learn? In, in sportsmen, there are eight maneuvers. The first three are hovering. The last five are flying. Uh, the figure M is an M pattern in front of yourself. Uh, the next one is a half ellipse. It is, it is kind of like a half circle, but it's less than a half circle. It's more like, uh, the last sliver of the sun or last sliver of the moon as it's rising or setting inverted triangle is a triangle. Uh, it's inverted. So the bottom of it is the, you know, the peak, the top mm-hmm. of it's flat. Um, that maneuver is the only one that actually has you side in. You do a 90 degree pirouette and travel from over one flag to the next flag and then go back to tail in and bring the model down. That ends the hover maneuvers on uh, sportsman. The next maneuver is a flying maneuver. It's the procedure turn. Um, you fly past yourself and then you turn 90 degrees out. And uh, once you're flying away, you then turn back 270 degrees back in toward yourself and fly by. Um, the next maneuver is a stall turn. Uh, that maneuver, you fly past yourself and you pull up into a stall turn. Once the model stalls, pirouette 180 degrees, come back down, pull out, stall turn. Next mm-hmm. maneuver is a loop. Really simple. Uh, only thing really being called out in the loop is the loop should pull up right when you pass, right as you're at yourself, you know, because you're out in front yeah, of yourself. Right past the center line, it's right? Centered. It's centered. So the, the, center the, the circles is center of the circle. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that maneuver pulls up at yourself and the top of the circle should be also at yourself, centered with yourself, um, and then come back through. Uh, the next maneuver is a roll. Uh, that maneuver uh, is centered with yourself as well. So it starts upright. When the model is inverted, you should be in line with yourself. And then when you roll back out, you'll be on the other side of yourself. The last maneuver is a landing approach. Uh, that maneuver starts out... Um, uh, you're in the same line as the flags and the circle that is right in front of you. And you come in at like, uh, you come in, what is it? You must be over 30 feet of elevation when you start that maneuver. It doesn't matter if it's a 30 degree angle or a 45 degree angle or a five degree angle, but it has to start above 30 feet. Um, and that maneuver, you just bring in the model back in front of yourself, pirouette 90 degrees to tail in and maneuvers complete. That's the sportsman maneuvers. Um, None of that's super difficult. I mean, for a sport flyer. No, Uh none of it's difficult. Uh, none of it's difficult. It is challenging to make look good. Well, to to do it perfect, but I'm just saying, I think a lot of guys could make something that resembled a loop and a roll and a stall turn and a procedure turn. Yeah. It's stuff that nobody's foreign with that people are probably doing on the weekends anyway. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, I think like things like the, the figure M, the inverted triangle, half clip, I mean, half ellipse. I don't know anyone who's ever done that in flight, but yeah, but like stall turns, loops, rolls, landing approaches. I mean, we do that every flight pretty much. Right. I mean, yeah. stall turn. Yeah. Well, the, my, go ahead. The po- my point kind of is we talk about all this crazy stuff and it's kind yeah. of intimidating. 
Well, it's yeah. Like, well, I don't know how to do freaking globe or all this other crazy shit. Yeah, galaxies, Hero, rainbows, and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you just want to do the sportsman, it's pretty basic stuff. I mean, yes, you might want to look at the hovering and practice that a little bit, but it's not. It's. I don't think it's out of the realm of a lot of pilots. Agree, and and not to go too far away from your question, Andy, but like Christy Amonti. Um, he went to Worlds last year in F3C. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Sportsman. He loved it. And that stuff started feeding back into his freestyle about just purpose and centering and, and and um, oh, not consistency, but uh, the maneuvers are the proper size. You know, they're not oblong. They're not ovalized. They're not, you know, a square is a square, not a rectangle. That mm-hmm. stuff starts feeding into your, into your freestyle and, You'll start making, you know, the freestyle you do and you do well, you'll start making it look really good just by just by being forced to go be precise with sportsmen. Um, and, to, and to go with what you're saying, yeah, lots of guys are doing loops and stall turns and rolls. The, the item I see with those three maneuvers where all of a sudden the guy goes, oh, I, I can't do that, is I'll ask them to center the loop. The bottom and the top, the peak, yeah. the peak for each yeah. has to be center of the pilot. And they're like, I never do that. I only do it off my shoulders. And be like, well, why can't you? Well, I'm scared. Practice it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. All right. All right. Um, for for sportsman advanced expert in F3C, all those maneuvers are done. The, 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 there's a minimum altitude. You have to be above 30 feet for all the flying the hovering you're going to be lower and they prescribe the altitude for your hovering but for your flying maneuvers you have to be about 30 feet you start going below 30 feet you start getting dinged in score um yeah minimum altitude 30 feet you got to be high you're gonna if you keep a model at decent depth out but a little high you're gonna get better scores than if you keep it you know a decent a decent depth in and go low and some guys some guys aren't very open-minded. We'll tell them, dude, you're too low. And they keep doing it low and their scores keep showing it and they get upset and they're like, oh, judges are biased. Like, dude, do the maneuver higher. Yeah. When it comes to the F3N set maneuvers, so freestyle, freestyle is freestyle. It's not, it's not meant to do set maneuvers. You know, you pull up, pull up the stuff you can do and freestyle some stuff together. You got to fly for a minimum of three minutes and a maximum of four. There is penalties for underflying and there's penalties for overflying the time. Don't get the penalties. They're brutal to the score. So when it comes to freestyle, you guys familiar with like rally car notes? Mm-hmm. You know, I came up with a bunch of maneuvers and linked them all together and like rally notes and handed them to DePaulo and said, dude, here's my, here's my freestyle. <laughs> and, and he's like, okay. And we talked it over and, we organized some things and improved some things. Then I went out and flew it. And I was like, run the timer. And it was like, I ended the flight at like two minutes and 20 seconds. And I was like, <laughs> shit. I, I didn't fly in competition. I did it for practice. I was like, I'm too right. short in time. Yeah. And I was like, we got to add more. So I added more. And I went out <laughs> and flew it. And I got it over, you know, three minutes. And then I went out and flew freestyle in competition. 
and I finished my I finished my freestyle routine in like two minutes fifty seconds. <laughs> Rush just, it. <laughs> dude, I rushed it. I was nervous. I was on the collective. I was just woo. Full <laughs> <laughs> <Bull> send. <laughs> and and so uh, freestyle. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> start freestyling some more and then I, like mike will like like mike start telling me to start getting to 330 340 and i gotta i gotta call this like done and he's like dude you're hitting three 330 and i'm like okay and i i punch out for an auto and then you know i was like 340 throttle holds and or no even 340 be like 335 i'm not climbing that high and i hit throttle hold me like okay <laughs> Um, milk it, milk it. <laughs> you gotta get you know, you're, I'm trying to, you know, you, you want to, you don't want to cut short cause it's a 5% uh, penalty on points. And yeah. if you fly over it, it is brutal. When, when, you know, I'll take every point I can get. I'm, I'm not great. <laughs> um, that's freestyle. The other thing about like freestyle music, the simplest thing, find a song that fits you and is to time, you know, find something that gets you to, it's over three minutes long, but not over four minutes long. If 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 you want to edit it a little bit and trim it down, if you find a song, if you know, if you if it's not beyond your capability to do it, then do it. Uh, at my at that time when I was doing F three N, it was beyond my capability to edit music. Um, it's not now. Thank you, podcast. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but. You know, just pick a song, go fly to it. If you fly your same routine, okay. You may take a hit in creativity. But okay, yeah. set maneuvers. Set maneuvers get called a lot, like F three C. You don't just link them together and keep flying. You know, just keep on flying. Every maneuver has a start and a stop, and every maneuver is called. Uh, they only get eight maneuvers for set maneuvers. It was nine, but guys were overflying their batteries, and so they uh, one of those mid run changes. Set maneuvers is only eight of them. The maneuvers are listed in difficulty, mostly. And so at the bottom is your least difficult maneuvers. And as you get further into them, it gets your more difficult maneuvers. You would be surprised. Take the maneuvers, look at them, and write down. Write down. I, I made a list of the maneuvers. I wrote down the ones I know I could do. And I knew the ones, like, the ones I know I could do and I could make look good. Like a double Immelman. I can do that and I can make it look good. Uh, a double roll backwards. I can do that and I can make it look good. Four point roll. Again, I can do it and make it look good. You know, there's maneuvers you can do it and make look good. There's maneuvers you can do and maybe with a little practice you can make look good. And then there's maneuvers you can do and no matter what, they're going to look like garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, four rainbows with half rolls. That maneuver is really inconsistent for me. It has a K value of 7.5. I can do it, and it's recognizable by judges, and I have used it in competition. Um, funnels. I can't do funnels. Not not what they're calling for. That maneuver is showing that it enters inverted, and then right when the model's in front of yourself, you pirouette to tail down, and then you just do a funnel three times. Uh, it has to be a minimum of a 10 meter diameter funnel, so it's not a it's not a tight in place funnel. I can't do funnels, so I'd skip that maneuver. A rolling circle, skip it. Inverted backwards, <laughs> horizontal eight. That is that is a 
that is a hovering maneuver, but you're like you're 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 flying in and you're fl- you're doing this horizontal eight backwards. I can't do that. I skip like, it. Like a circuit kind of a thing. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's not a funnel, which means right. When you dig deeper in the rules, if you start putting like if you go over like a forty-five degree bank, that turns it into a funnel. That's a downgrade. Um, <laughs> so that maneuver is going to be flown. Uh, I would expect slowly. Uh, I wouldn't touch that maneuver. But then there's the spike. What's going on in the spike? You got rolls and you got rolls and you got a stall in it. I could do that maneuver. I choose it. It's got a K value of seven. That's the funny thing. The inverted backwards horizontal eight is a K value of seven. I can't touch it. You're talking about do, having me doing inverted backwards flight. Can't touch it. The spike has a K value of seven. I could do that. Um, look through maneuvers and just write down what you could do, what you could do and you could do well, what you could do yeah. and you could do some practice, what you could do and be recognizable. And then you start getting into, I can't do it, but it's within realm. I, I, I think I could practice that and I could make it make it a maneuver that's recognizable and then work it into something that's great. And then there's just the maneuvers like, unless your name is known throughout the entire industry, <laughs> there's some maneuvers like I'm not touching it. And then maybe you're a guy who's not known and can do it. Grab them and go, brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say write down all the maneuvers that you think you can do and then go do them. And you'll see real quick, which ones look like crap. Yeah. You're like, well, I thought I was, could do this really well, but not according to this paper. <clears throat> yep. I, I remember we were at RCHO and the double Immelman came up when I was off field. I'd left already and it got to me afterwards. I actually reached out to Cliff Hyatt and the other guys um, about how that maneuver is because the roles in the double Immelman are not centered. They actually have to be completed oh. right at center. Down, right? Right, yeah, so they end at center, the roll at the bottom and the roll at the top. Um, and so that question came up in conversation, and I actually went and asked judges and, and told the guys who asked me. And I, I think, Andy, you might have been part of the conversation if, if I heard right. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, it was January. A lot of time. Hey, was, it, was it the chill out? I forgot. I think the chill out, Scott was talking about it, and he was showing yeah. me the double women. Yep. And that's when I was like, okay, I should. I know I should be able to do that, so I tried, and yeah, I started practicing it. I think a little before that, but yeah, I started practicing it, and I was talking to them because in in the description and stuff, it doesn't really say in the description, but when you look at the picture, you see that the roll and then where the center line is, and a lot of people thought that the roll happened at the center line, not after you came out of your loop, before the center line. So they the verbiage and the so an FAI basically. Yeah. It, it says in the rules, uh, the verbiage takes priority over pictures. And it wasn't really clear to me, but when I went back and read it after the guy said it, I was like, ah, there it is. I just can't read European English. <laughs> the translation mm-hmm. from French or however they did it. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll poke around in here and you'll see where the center lines are drawn at, how the, mo- how the model should be centered for it. And then you'll see like... The double roll backwards actually has no center line on it in the picture, but I bet if I go into you know the maneuver, maneuver two, model aircraft enters in upright backward flight and performs two consecutive axial rolls. Yeah, it's not centered. 
Yeah. Does not does not say anything about centering. It has nothing about centering. But where the double Immelman model aircraft performs a half inside loop immediately followed by a half roll to upright flight after a straight flight of about twenty meters. Model aircraft performs a half outside loop again immediately followed by a half roll to upright flight. It actually doesn't say it, but the drawing nothing. shows it. Yes, that's the thing though, right? Like the so double Immelman, like sure it says like you got to travel twenty meters and have your your half loop with a roll on top and then an, and an outside loop and another half roll. But it doesn't actually say like anything to do with the center line. But when you look at the picture, so what what takes precedence, right? Like does the description take precedence? So if I did my roll right after the half loops and we're nowhere near center line because my maybe my my you know straight flight is more than twenty meters or my roll, you know, my loop is smaller or bigger or whatever the case may be, you know? So the fun part is is uh Right, be- right above the maneuver descriptions is is a uh, it's point B in there, and within there it says all maneuvers, considering also entry and exit, should be performed symmetrical to the center line. The drawings in paragraph blank illustrate the maneuvers. In case of a dispute, the following text takes precedence over the drawings. Okay. All maneuvers can also be flown in opposite direction to that shown in the drawings. Right. So. Yeah, once you read deeper into the judge's guide, mm-hmm. and that's where the fine point details exist. Like like I mentioned earlier, you know, inverted horizontal eight or inverted backwards horizontal eight. If you bank, I think it's over thirty or forty five degrees. That's not considered. That's that, at that point you're considered to be doing a funnel, and that maneuver is not a funnel. Mm-hmm. But that forty five, the thirty forty five degrees is not in the maneuver description. It's in the judge's guide. That's uh, yeah. in the same rule book. Yeah, so you got to read the whole thing. <laughs> you can't just you gotta like, read I'm gonna go straight thing. to the description and straight to the picture. Yeah, there's more yeah. to that than that. Okay, there's more to it, and and that was, and that was the interesting thing is reading the judge's guide because, like we, we you know, uh, what's the Facebook page? Uh, flight, flight book, flight, not flight deck, where we're doing the challenge maneuvers. Yeah, the flight sim thingy. Flight box. Flight box. RC flight, flight box. box. Yeah. We're doing the challenge thing, and some of the guys yeah. are like is this a maneuver, you know? And then I went right into the judge's guy and I was like, well, as far as FAI is concerned, uh, yes, it is. It is the maneuver. He had the right amount of bank to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's when you start getting into the, the nitty gritty details of what is actually like, like you get into the maneuver, the snake, um, it's not a TikTok. Uh, it's not an aileron. T- it's not a traveling aileron TikTok. The model should change its path on elevator, but the way you keep the model up is by having bank on it in, in aileron like a TikTok. Mm. But that's the difference between what is a snake and what is just a traveling aileron TikTok. Is right. the snake the elevator is moving, and that's when you get sure. into the that's when you get into the fine points of what is what is what is what and what is not. Mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) so there's definitely a lot to this, you know, I mean, there's, there's more to this competition than just reading the maneuvers, you know, you got to read kind of, you kind of have to know how to judge sort of, right? Like you kind of have to know what the judges are looking for to, to, and then also what it all says in the rule books and kind of understand it all. I just wish that like, why doesn't the FAMA or the FAI make it simple? Like. We got freaking computers. We got CG, or we got pilots that can do the real maneuvers. Like, 
record it, you know, show the real maneuvers, show what they like standardize the maneuvers to the point where I can watch this video and know that's how it's done. Right. Instead of an interpretation from text, because I feel like that can, it's all interpretation, right? Like someone reads it and this is translated FIA is translated from French to English. So some things might not translate right. And obviously they make the improvements the next following year if, if something wasn't understood. Right. But like, why not show what a Cuban eight backwards is or a period and loop whether it's CG or a real play doing it, you know, with some, some actual proper production work, you know? Uh, yes. Agree. I know we had questions about an F3C maneuver, um, that was added in the 2020 rule book. Cause I got to see what F3C was going to be after nationals finished last year for 2020. I got to see it last, last July. And, the one of the maneuvers, it's the fourth maneuver. It's a flying maneuver. It's loop with 540 tail turns. It was unclear as to when you begin and end pirouetting. And uh, later in the year, uh, the Japanese actually recorded the maneuver. And uh, it popped up amongst a group of us when we were questioning it again in the fall. Um. I can tell you, I, I have sportsmen. Uh, Rich recorded it when uh, years ago. Recorded the whole sportsman sequence. It's on my personal YouTube page. Okay. Um, I have the entire F3C schedule P uh, on my YouTube page. Um, it's not professionally produced. You're not going to hear me call it the maneuvers, but you'll see the maneuvers. Um, okay. And the sportsman one, yeah, you'll hear me call it the maneuvers, and I'll, you'll hear me call stop and or, or begin and end on the maneuvers. So I have the current sportsman recorded and up, but uh, yeah, um, you know, it's that's a thought more I in the line of I can I can take that more as you know maybe that's something I can I can get Urcha to agree that we want to go do is put up the current, you know, sportsman advanced expert uh, mm -hmm. schedule P and schedule F, uh, F3C. And then <sighs> it would be fun trying to get set maneuvers done. Uh, like I can, cause the guys who can do all those set maneuvers is Nick, Ben, Nick and Ben can do them mm -hmm. all. And they're currently flying. Um, I can do some. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing, right? Like, um, you yeah, know, you, was, you you do what you can, and like you give some of the harder maneuvers for the folks that can do those harder maneuvers. You know, yeah. I don't think it has to be all done by one person, or you know, just just Nick and Ben. You know, the the interesting thing was uh, RCHeli.club was a website where we could track flights. They also had flight maneuvers, and I, I peak, speaking in past tense because at the first of this year, he closed down the website. It it had, uh, it had helped him do what he wanted to do. And uh, he closed down the website, but he had a huge, you know, he had a huge list of maneuvers and links to YouTube videos showing all those maneuvers. Nice. And um, it was it was a great it was a great list of maneuvers because a lot of the maneuvers exist out on YouTube. Yeah, someone's flown it and recorded it and put it together as one little maneuver, so you can go find. Yeah, I bet you well, can type a couple of these in and find them and, and see them, mm -hmm. you know, called out all on their own and, and put in a little 30 second video. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just want to make sure like if those are those videos are out there that like those are the actual like FAI approved. I'm doing air quotes here. Like, you know, like 
these are the ones that we approve that this is what the maneuver is supposed to be like. This is following our rule book and to the T, right? Kind of like like that level of like confidence that if I watch this video, that's what I need to reproduce or I won't get the highest score or pos- you know, perfect score or whatever you want to say. So Yeah. Um I mean, any Joe Schmo can just record a, like, here's the waltz, mm-hmm. and then be like, no, that's totally wrong, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, I, I know. It was funny. Like, uh, Shaggy had to do the waltz for his challenge, and um, he did the waltz. However, the camera's orientation to the way he was flying it was like, uh, yeah. it's a waltz, but uh, <laughs> right. it's a waltz. I was like, if I was standing with him, I was like, I know it would probably look way better sure um and and perspective makes a big difference too sure sure does uh yeah judges positions are actually uh measured in place they're not just randomly placed anywhere on the field but yeah it, it, it you agree agree um a lot of it a lot of what you actually find on youtube is the maneuver the areas it gets hard is when you start dealing with more complex maneuvers with higher K values and you're, you're doing pirouetting while flying. Yeah. You start, how many times are you pirouetting? What orientation should the model be when it comes through this segment or that segment? Um, I know one maneuver, I mentioned it earlier, the, uh, the double O one twins, that maneuver, there was a pilot, he he screwed it up, and we had to zero it, and I uh, had to go back and tell him how he screwed it up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, because that, that maneuver actually enters in off of right or left shoulder, and then you start doing these loops while pirouetting. And so the model should be a specific place at specific times. And mm-hmm. he had managed to reverse a pirouette in one of them, and he was doing it consistently. Mm-hmm. And I had to, like, dude, you got it wrong. <laughs> And we could see it, and I, I called it out and told the other judges, "Is like, dude, guys, that was wrong." And they're like, how was it wrong? I'm like, start explaining it, and they're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, it starts to make yeah. sense." Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, and, and this stuff is, you know, like, like you were saying, it's it's very complicated, right? Like, it's not as simple as you know, just like here, here's a maneuver, do it, right? It's, it's definitely <laughs> like the way that it's judged, the way that it's perceived is is you know um it's very complicated right so it is and something i'd say is there's a lot of damn good pilots out there and very capable aircraft Mm -hmm. uh the only thing we're gonna get is complex maneuvers in order to start testing you know who's got it it. who doesn't to push it further Uh, like i'm looking at one maneuver here called the rough diamond it's a it's a hovering maneuver with flips yeah like uh yeah constant flips and you change orientation with rudder at the four points of the diamond. I, I watched one of the competitors do it last year, and it's a hard maneuver, and yeah, so it should be. be. <laughs> um, to to really to really ramp up and start challenging guys to do something beyond beyond what is easy. I mean, I, I remember years ago I got to a small fun fly with uh, Kyle Stacy, and I was mm-hmm. watching him practice. Uh, it was, it was a constantly flipping, it was a constant flip with rudder inputted every time the model was upright. 
and he was doing he was doing like like twelve points of a clock while constantly doing an elevator flip. Wow. It was like I, I, I was like, Kyle, that was awesome, dude. He's like he, he's like, it's hard as hell. I'm like, <laughs> no. But dude, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he was he was practicing a maneuver and he, you know, a few times he actually had to stop uh, you know, going through the clock. He couldn't, you know, he wasn't going through the whole thing. Yeah. And to watch to watch the guys just challenge themselves I was like, dude, you were that was awesome. It looked great. I was like, I, I can't wait to see it when you've when you've mastered it. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> um, and that's one of those great things is you know, for those of us, those of us who may not ever master something like that, there's plenty of maneuvers there are there to master for us. And for those right. guys who can, there's there there's stuff there to master. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. That's that's a lot to digest right there. <laughs> we spoke um, so much about I've... this. It's great. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I still probably won't ever compete, but I'm definitely gonna. I've definitely been looking at these maneuvers and trying to learn some of them because. You know, even though I don't compete, I want to get better at flying on my own pace and my own, you know, so yeah, it's it's like at least at the very least, you can use this as like some new material on like, you know, because you get tired, like, oh, you see a 3D flight and you're like, oh, that looks, that all looks the same. Let me, you know, or like my flight, it's like I do the same five things every time. So I can mm-hmm. learn one maneuver and now I can do six things every time I fly, you know, so I think it's yeah. good. Um, to just learn some of the stuff, even if you're not going to compete, I think it's good to know and you know learn and get this type of control and, and mastering the control of your helicopter. So, agree, agree. Thank yeah. you, thank awesome. you. Uh, yeah, I, I do actually. I've taken some of the things out of the F3C and F3N and just thrown in my three style because yeah, you know, lots of guys can do loops. Can you do a flip at the top of the loop and bring it yeah. back through? Yeah, while I mean, it's still moving at the same speed. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep keep the keep the loop keep the shape of the loop and do a flip up at the top. And yeah, yeah it's it's hard. Um, and it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. I think uh, we should move it on. Should we do the top ten real quick? Let's real quick. It. Yeah. Sure. All right. The top ten shotgun round. Let's do it. Ow. Um, Kevin and Andy, I'm gonna let you guys do these. I feel like I talked too much already. <laughs> All right, Kev. You up first? I'll go first, sure. All right, Rob. Pinch or thumb? Pinch. Nitro or electric? Uh, I have flowed nitro a lot of it, but electric is my is my stable these days. Nice. Uh, 500 and below or 550 and Bigger. Bigger. <laughs> Nice. Good. When's the last time you flew a fly bar? Hmm. Last fly bar I owned was my line 550 V2. Uh, last one I flew. I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> uh, sport or 3D? Uh... Uh, everyone who watches me fly would say sport, but I'm going to say 3D. All right. <laughs> okay. Nice. Do you go strap on or strap off? Dude, I do the safety dance. Safety <laughs> necklace. So strap uh, on. I, you know, I'll say the, the big reason I do that is um, it keeps my transmitter at a consistent placement every time I fly. Uh-huh. Um, 
I can tell when I'm getting nervous. I, I start bringing the transmitter closer and closer to up my chest. Like, um, I don't know what to do with my head. <laughs> um, it, it's consistency. Uh, you know, I'm trying to be precise, so it's consistency. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, cordless or brushless servos? Uh, brushless. Okay. One of the few would probably answer that one. <laughs> uh, fuselage style or pod boom? Um, I'll own a fuselage before I, before I finish flying, but pod and boom is where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Low or high head speed? Low. Uh, you know, joking earlier, I'm running like 1950 on my 700. Uh, lots of guys have watched me do 3D at 1500. Oh, okay. I was like, say 1950 ain't bad. Yeah. 1950 plenty. Yeah, I've done a few things at that fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred. I'll I'll do a I'll do a I'll do you know I'll do I'll do a full freestyle round at fifteen fifty. Uh, it yeah. works great for me. Yeah, nice. that's good. That's really cool. Okay, big events or smaller events? Uh I love me some small events. I love nice. me some small events. Um, you know, I've. You know, I've I've had fun experiences at small events. You know, small events, I've I've taken my tennis shoes off, hooked them on my skids, taken off with a helicopter and pirouetted <laughs> till my shoes shot off. And everyone on the field is laughing at me. I'm landing a helicopter to go retrieve my shoes. Um, big events, you know, I also enjoy big events. There's there's nothing quite like, you know, you're running down the road and all of a sudden, you know, uh uh uh, oh, Joe Reyes. Travis Reyes runs up beside you at full speed, and you're like, "Dog, you're running at 20 miles an hour. Yeah. Like you're too damn fast." That's the fastest freaking kid I can yeah. ever remember. All his lacrosse games. You man, can't catch him with a golf cart. No, yeah. he can run cool. faster than the golf carts are set up for. Nice. Um, I love small events. You can just there's so much. You know, you get it's it's fun and personal, and you get yeah. to talk with the guys and. It's just a lot of fun. Big events, I enjoy them. I love them. I go to them, and uh, hell, now I'm responsible for helping with one. <laughs> but, you are uh, always at least uh, at least as long as I've been going to Earth, have you always been working? And yeah, you know. yeah, cool. All right, that was the top ten shotgun round. Okay, right. so what do we got for planker segment, or do we have one, or not have one? Uh, we have one. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let me cue it up here. Okay. Oh, boy. We're going to get to like this. Better week. In a town far, far away. In New Jersey. Was Car Wars. Now, come and join our hero, Mr. Miata, <laughs> and his two helpful robots, C-U-P-O and R-2-F-U, as they muddle through incompetent car repairs, or car wars. Mr. Miata, how's your welding coming? Mr. Miata, are you okay? Your welding mask is in 
bad condition. It's all fucked up. Wait, let me, let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. R2FU. Get Mr. Steve's welding mask off. Give him a hand there. Okay, Mr. C, so how is your repairs coming? How, how is your work going? Um, I think it's sturdy enough. <laughs> R2 says, you look like dog shit. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck it, what do I care? <laughs> Mr. C, we have to go to the hangar now. It's time for that glorious space battle we've been working on all week. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I just realized I suck at flying now, so... <laughs> R2 says, if you need to relieve yourself before we go, we service the restroom for you. Wait, where are you going, master? Shit in the garage. <laughs> Next time on Car Wars, join our hero with his friends, Chew Backfat. <laughs> And soul my soul. Cool, man. Obi-Wan, helicopter and airplane boarding guy. Yeah. And their robots, C-U-P-O. Oh, my. And R2-F-U. Twenty something. Seven? Is it twenty seven? Yeah. Um what am I doing? You know what? I don't wanna do this. Let's go back to the car wars thing. That was cool. <laughs> Isn't there like a a bar thing? Yeah, let's do the bar thing. Shit, I'll work on a Miata. Yeah. Dude, I'm getting desperate. A Miata disassembly? Yeah. Just assembly, no reassembly yet. Nice. Yeah. Is it sturdy? Do you think it's okay? It's sturdy. Like, I mean, it's sturdy, but I don't know. It still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Old George Old says. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Calling Freefall RC Podcast. We don't answer the phone. Press nope. one for the Mike D Fan Club. Please be aware, choice one, Mike D Frank Fan Club is no longer available due to a lack of demand. Press two <laughs> oh. to enter the Freefall RC Who Dealt It Fart Detection Class. Press three to purchase a lock of Kevin's hair. Yes. Press four if you're Kevin's hair sample. Has, gained, has come to life and gained sentience and is now raiding the liquor cabinet. <laughs> Press 5. If the Car Wars episode of the Planker was a stupid piece of dog shit, the worst in history, and you want to hire someone to kick the Planker squarely in the nuts. Where do I push? Press 6. Five. If you would like number 5 times 2. 6. 
Jojo's in here for that. Oh, hell. That was oh, great. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I enjoy those segments. Yeah. Oh, man. Damn. That All was an right. epic one. Mike, yeah. D called, Mike D called me today and he's like, listen, dude, I want your, I'm going to send you a clip. I want your honest opinion. Tell me if it sucks, whatever. And he was like, you know, don't, don't pull any punches. And I listened to like the little bit of the beginning part there. And I was like, dude, I don't know where you're going with this, but I love it. And I'm sure most of the <laughs> listeners will. I know Andy will love it. Oh yeah. He's a big star Wars guy. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, that was nice. great, man. Awesome. <laughs> In a galaxy right. over yonder. Yep. Over yonder. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's move it on to news and announcements. All right. News. <laughs> Announcements. <laughs> <We're George. laughs> oh, George. George. <laughs> oh, George. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, okay, since, so we're, we since we're doing uh, links with mm -hmm. our, uh, our posts and stuff, I put the link for the FAI uh, booklet with the F3N maneuvers and the ones for the F3C AMA, or not the f3c but the ama like sportsman class advanced uh -huh. expert so check those out if you want to know what in the hell those guys are talking about yeah definitely read the description look at the diagram yeah and if anything just you know like i said just to learn new maneuvers and see what's out there yep. give, it a, give it a give it a quick look yeah absolutely sweet cool uh next thing i saw was blackout mods is working on a 600 T-Rex conversion for a 600 gasser. I don't know why, but he's doing it. So what motor would go in that? I yeah. don't know. Right? We had it at 1.8. I don't know. I mean, some people have played around with 600s, I think, in the past, yeah. but the engine's just so damn heavy. Yeah. I don't know really the weight what ratio would use. Be yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's got some kind of different engine or something. Mm. So I don't know. That's on the horizon. It will be interesting to see what he comes up with with that. Mm -hmm. Check that out. Back out. Uh, the only place I've seen any info about this is on his Facebook page. So I didn't find uh, anything on the blog or the website. So if you're not on Facebook, I guess we'll just have to wait and wait till something happens. But if you are on Facebook, go to his blackout Facebook page, check it out. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I saw that Luca from Oxy posted a, um, a note talking about how he's updated the manual and he's now using the same taller head block for the standard oxy as well as the oxy five meg. Uh, okay. so he's just, he's getting rid of the shorter one. He says he will have, uh, parts for the shorter one, or I guess the short ones, but eventually it's going to be completely phased out and switched over to the taller one. 
Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh? Uh, with new longer center hub and need to use longer uh, pitch rods. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. have an Oxy 5, just be aware of that. And that's really all I've seen this week. Yeah. Well, there's been that sure. teaser for the. Uh, oh, yeah. The, I'm sorry. The 580. Yeah, the Kraken 580. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. It looks like a Kraken and it's a 580. I don't know. Do know anything about it? No, that's I haven't not, seen any I've... info or specs or anything, so I don't no. know. Yeah, me neither. All I've seen is that it's uh, it's one of the latest things they're working on. So hopefully be released soon. Did we ever mention the Kraken 3-bladed kit, too? Uh, I don't, don't think so. I think they yeah, did. Yeah, that was really pretty recently. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I heard it on another podcast. I don't remember which one it was. What was it, yeah, Teller I, I think it was uh, Heli Heads, probably. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I forgot about it. Yeah. So the cracking I think that was because, like, yeah, it's three blade. Who cares? I don't really care too much about the three blade. I mean, three blade's cool, right? But, like, I really like the skin, this, uh, the scheme, though, right? I kind of like the yellow and the black and a little bit of the red stuff in it. Oh, that's kind of cool looking. Um, the other thing I kind of want to mention real quick from SAB um, is that, like, on the website, they've been doing some updates on like parts that are either out of stock or discontinued and they've been adding kind of what the replacement parts would be so because you know a lot of the, the 700s are very common as far as the design um prior to the kraken right and and with that like things like the main gear that you know they used to use it's no longer used there's a newer main gear and there's a new part number that that is associated with the replacement of it so it's kind of cool that i like that if you go there for like a single part and you're like, well, it's out of stock, but then they tell you, oh, it's been replaced with this part, you know? So you're not sitting there like, which part fits? What can I use now? Is this discontinued? Can I, you know, not get parts or for the helicopter anymore and that's stuff? Cool. So I think that's pretty neat. Um, I think SAB doing that is awesome, you know? So it's cool. Nice. Cool. Okay. All right. Let's move to what's next for you in the hobby then, huh? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go? <laughs> What's I'll next go. for me? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> Farmer Andy got nothing. You got nothing I got but it. Oh, I got, yeah. <laughs> Farming. That's all I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Where's the you suck, jackass? <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got private property to fly on. Come on, man. Yeah. Throwing well, I mean. I go months through the winter where I don't do jack shit, but then I come spring, I actually have to work for a couple months. Yeah. So, no, that's crazy. You got a frost advisory overnight tonight. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh. All right. What about you, Kevin? Uh, I think I'm going to try and go up to Green Pond and get a couple flights in. Right, let me know when. I will. Let's do it. Sorry. I was talking to Jeff about it, and he was like, yeah, we should do that. So I'm going to tell him probably an hour or two earlier than I'm actually going to go. So he's there on time. <laughs> I didn't think he flew. He's, he kills me. Yeah. No, he, last time he flew, I think was last August or September. Yeah. It was a yeah, while. It's been a while. So that's it for me, man. And maybe Sim. We're going to Sim again Friday night? 
Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Let's make it a regular thing so that way yeah. we get more and more people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Which, awesome. What do you guys sim it on? Uh, AccuRC. Uh, AccuRC. The beta? I got it installed. But you got to be on a beta. Uh, okay. I know. Just I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more adventures of you flying between the houses, Kevin. Oh, God. <laughs> it was super sketchy. <laughs> And I was, <laughs> was I would not fly there. I was not just hovering it. I was like yeah. flipping it inverted and then back out and then yeah. Like yeah, I said, that. I wanna I wanna hear more, man. It was the it was the adventures of full send. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was sure was. <laughs> it really was. I mean, if you go there, you're like, what? How could you fly yeah. anything here? You can't even drive a truck <laughs> through there. It's like, yeah, it's very tight. Yeah. Uh, awesome. What about you, Steve? I don't know. Work on the Miata since my name is now Mr. Miata. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I mean, so hopefully we'll get to go out and, you know, just take a couple of flights at Green Pond. Um, that would be cool. I really got to get that gasser going. I, I, all I got to do is take the landing gear off and, t- you know, change the fan shroud and the um, the intake velocity stack or whatever you call it. So I, I got to do that. I I got some room on the the table. So in the garage now, actually, <laughs> you you actually be surprised if you came over. You, there's actually space to stand in the garage now. So uh, um, cool. yeah. So that's what I'll probably be doing next. What about you, Rob? Uh, weather's looking good. So flying. I got I got more F3C to practice. I need to practice my hovering. Nice. My hovering, and hopefully hopefully the wind starts dying down soon, so I can see some benefit instead of having my model tossed around (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah cool nice okay uh what's next listener pipeline yeah all right i'm not sure if we have anything though i'm looking oh yeah there is something here let me play it yes this message is for uh mr stephen hawkins wait what oh he did (laughs) Who the hell is this asshole? Uh, Yun? Steve Yun? Ying? Ying and Yang? Yeah, I don't give a shit. Anyway, uh, just got your order, just confirming your order for the extra long V control knob covers, uh, for your helicoptering. Anyway, uh, they should be in the mail by tomorrow morning. Okay. Okay, what company calls you saying something's gonna be in the mail? What is this, 1980s? Uh, you yeah. missed up one, Kevin, or two, actually, from yesterday. Um, uh, I was playing them from... Did I miss them? Got one Saturday and one yesterday. Oh, okay. Let me start with Saturday. Right. Wait a minute. We got two on Saturday, it says here. Bellyhand 3 is 3D printing. I figured you guys would know that. <laughs> I really wonder about you sometimes. Anyhow, keep it up. Later. Steve. All right. Thanks, Steve. Bill Ann 3 is 3D printing. That makes sense. Ah. Okay, here's the next one on Saturday. Hey, Free Fall. You guys suck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, brutally honest. Yeah. Nice. That's great. Great feedback. Yeah, thank you. Hi. Just thought I'd leave you guys a voicemail. Bye. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Thanks. Hey, Kevin. We will all get through this together. 
my collective salvation is in his hands. Can't wait. All right, here's another one. No need to worry, Kevin, <laughs> because we will all get through this together. <laughs> oh, <God>. All right, <laughs> delete. <laughs> hey, Steve, Andy, George, I don't think Kevin's going to get through this together. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, probably not. Not anymore. <laughs> hey, Steve. Don't forget to mention the AMA podcast starring Matt Ruddick. Okay? Don't forget. Ooh. Man. <laughs> I really missed the days when you had to pay for phone calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> RCHN. Perfect combination. RC Haley Hooligans. Spontaneous but short. Haley Heads. Loud and obnoxious, but long and satisfying with them gummy worms. Teleroder RC. Informative and to the point. Freefall RC podcast. Ha! Gay! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Keep them coming, whoever this is. I think we this kill is home. through this together, Kevin. I know who it is. Yeah. Okay, on a serious note, I've been wanting to say this for a while, and I just kept on forgetting, but to Mike D, I uh, just want to say I'm so sorry to hurt for your loss. Um, I'm just, you know, heartbroken as well. I may not have, you know, know, know you, you know, personally as much as the other guys do, but, you know, it, it's sad It's sad to hear that. I, I am deeply sorry for your loss, and I hope uh, – I, I, I wish you the best uh, continuing on. And, uh, you know, I'll keep you in my prayers, keep your family in my prayers as well. So, keep strong, brother. Awesome. Thanks, Shaggy. Mike will hear this and he'll know. All right. All right. Last Was that one. it? Monty, what's, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> you, you just leave us a telerotor for these clowns? The episode will get out sooner. Why? Why? <laughs> you can't leave. Well, I mean, I, I know I left one one time, but at least I went to a cool podcast. You hang out with me? Oh, my gosh. You know, don't even call me anymore, Rob. Done. But Do they something. care about me, Shaggy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Shaggy was on this podcast. He was. What's he talking about? Yeah, he, he was here first. Yeah, yeah. you were here first. <laughs> Uh, All right, thanks, Shaggy, for keeping your phone warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, uh, we're actually going to skip the wrap up. Um, the episode's quite long, and I think with the wrap up, we'll probably end up hitting a close to a four hour mark on a regular episode. So, uh, so Rob, if someone wants to get in touch with you and say, "Hey, I'm in the West Coast and I want to hold a competition." Send me that Excel spreadsheet. Send me all the things that you know. Teach me. Guide me, Obi-Wan. How would they do so? First and easiest way is probably find me on Facebook, Robert Monte, M-O-N-T-E-E. Uh, if you've got heli friends, then you'll probably find we have a bunch of mutual heli friends, and that's the one you should friend. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to send me an email, 
probably the easiest one is uh, telerotor at gmail.com. T-E-L-L-A-R-O-T-O-R. All right. Yeah. So send all your hate mail to <laughs> telerotor.gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks. Uh, so, draw, wait. Yeah, so drop us an iTunes review. Read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com. So that's freefrc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefrc podcast. That's show. Say hi to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Chris. Uh, flight test forums, off the field audio video production. Other than flight test podcast, freefrc podcast. Say hi to our friend David Hill, aka Hilda Flyer. Hey, Dave. David Hill. Our uh, fifth member of the podcast. Uh, fellow podcasters, we got the Heliheads podcast. Uh, that's Dan, Kevin, Mike, and Scott. You did it in a weird order. So I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's late. My, my brain is reaching. <laughs> no worries. Uh, Telerotor podcast. That's Mike, Robert, and Mike and Rich. Yeah. <laughs> dumb, 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 and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> You said it, I did it. <laughs> ah, <laughs> no, okay, catch so me outside. How about that? <laughs> All right, we got the BKRC podcast. Do not take a marine up on that. It'll <laughs> end badly for you every time. Trust me. Uh, that's Bert and Kyle. Awesome. We got the RC roundtable. That's Fitzterry and Lee. And the RC after hours with Andre. High voltage with Bobby Watts. Skids up. That's with Paul, Javier, Frank, and Scott. All right. And we got inverted down under. That's with Ozzy Mozzie and Jeff. Hey, man. With Matt Ruddick. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't put out an episode this week, bastards. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I am subscribed. I think they were calling, uh, in, to, they were, they were calling in to Steve for IT help, and he didn't get back to him. Oh. <laughs> got him! Got him! It all comes around. All right, Houdini RC Heli Podcast. Uh, who is that guy? I don't even know that, who that guy is. Richard. 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 Okay. Richard. All right, and and don't forget to check out our friend. Why did I write out friend? Anyways, our friend Bill Ed YouTube channel. Bill and yeah, check him out. Yeah. And Bill and three. Channels. He's playing piano in one of the videos, the latest video. Yeah. Is he really on the keyboard? Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Want to give a huge shout out for Rob? Take yeah, your time. Thanks you for coming on the show, man. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, guys. Thank you. Thank and, you for letting me talk entirely too long. And even <laughs> with the Bill Ann, you know, YouTube channel out there, just remember, we'll all get through this together. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks for our listeners. Free our skies, and we will see you next time. See ya. Bye. Thank you all. Thanks, everyone. Oh, good show, man. Uh, I'm sorry. I had to cut it short. Time is early. I didn't get up in six hours.
Yeah, dude, I was working today with, uh, just, uh, I can't wait for Friday. It's already, it's only Tuesday. And then, dude, my wife is going away. Not this Friday, next Friday, she's going to Florida. And, dude, I am going to get liquor beaten, dude, at my house. <laughs> it's going to be me and a bottle of vodka. And that's the end of round one. <laughs> You know, it's going to be one of those. Dude, you got to see the hair I'm growing over here. Holy Dude, shit, I got a man. Time, man. <sighs> I brought it back to the 90s. <laughs> I mean, wake up my hair. She's I'm like, I don't 70s. know what I'm doing. She's like, she's like, oh, oops, oops. I'm like, what are you doing? Oops. Like, you don't want to hear that yeah. when somebody's cutting she your hair. She said like three times, oops. Oh, jeez. He's like, Let's oops. Get some trimmers and sh fucking shave that All shit I hear off. is, bzz, oops. Oops, oops. Like the buzzer, like really. Um, I had a pair of trimmers. I used to. My wife used to cut my hair all the time. I think we got rid of them. Like I looked all over, couldn't find them. And then my mm. beard trimmer was like, "Oh no, dude, there's no way that's happening." <laughs> yeah, but we want to ask the the main question. Uh, you know why? What the? Why, what is your best guess as to why they don't do this in the United States? You know, or what? What can mm. we get? What well, they do. Competition, nice. It's just not like anything. Yeah. Not like global 3D. They, well, we're going to ask him why he's so right? obnoxious. <laughs> well, ask him. He's on. Well, we already know the answer to that. <laughs> he has to deal with Shaggy. <laughs> Should I get Shaggy on the line too? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I agreed to this. That was not part of the deal. <laughs> See? There we go. Deal. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so what do you guys want to call this episode? I have two titles. What's the deal with competitions with Robert Monty or competitions with the full Monty? I read that just like Seinfeld. What's the deal with competitions? <laughs> and George is not making it today. Oh, George. Yeah. I was, I was hoping I could, you know, keep talking with him, see if he'd trap me in his basement. <laughs> I don't think people are actually trapped. I think they get down there and they see how big it is and they, they just, get just lost. can't get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah can't or don't average. want to. They get it's like trapped to... under an avalanche of RC models. <laughs> it's like trying to leave a Vegas casino. Where's the exit, sir? <laughs> You're like, wait, you still have money in your pocket? No, there's no exit. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some more oxygen. Uh, so what do we do? It's not Friday. My mother-in-law swears they do that. They pump oxygen in through the They system. do. Isn't that true? I, I don't know. I thought it I thought it was. I thought it I was. I don't know. Every I'm, time I'm I go sure. to a casino, I'm more awake. And I always thought it because they pump more pure oxygen into the air. I've always more. heard that. Plus yeah. uh, no clocks and no idea of what time it is outside. Yeah, everything's tinted like you can't look outside, yeah. 